Hello everyone, this is uh, Jordan coming in at the top of the show. Uh, I thought I'd address the fact that we didn't have a show uh, the last uh, two weeks, um, and I thought I'd uh, let you know that instead of this show being a bi-weekly podcast, it's going to go to being a uh, monthly podcast. Uh, we didn't forget to record, uh, or we didn't uh, we didn't not have time to record the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, we just figured it would be easier to uh, try to record once a month, as uh, we are both uh, working and we have other things that we would like to do and would also like to play some longer games so this gives us a chance to be able to do uh, that and have a few other uh, options when it comes to picking the games that we're playing so no changes uh, in the release of the episodes they're still going to release on like saturdays or sunday sundays uh and um they're still going to be about the same length either like an hour to three to four hours or whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> you don't have as many as me, but I mean... No, I, I don't. Um, Alright. Uh, hello and welcome to Infinite Pixels. I'm Jordan. Hi, I'm Ryan. And, uh... We're we're playing video games. Do we ever come up with a an actual thing that we're gonna say, like an off the top catchphrase? Yeah, like everybody like uh uh kind of funny. They're like uh, each week a uh, special guest to uh, join us four four times five best friends. Whatever mm. we're talking about, uh, whatever we want because we're cool. Like I that's mean. Like, that's a great catchphrase, Obviously. but I don't. I don't think we've gotten one of our own yet. Uh, how about "fuck you"? That's a good catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like this American Life is like, "Hello, everybody," and it's us, and we're this American Life, and we're just talking about humans and their experiences in America. Right. And it's like, what about uh, South America? And they're like, "Nope, it's American Life." Uh, and, and I'm like, I don't know, there's South America. So. Well, there's the, yeah. another one. That seems kind of like a dick move, this American life. So, well, the, this is the country of America. There's no place in South America um, called America. Me, no, it's not. Uh, I guess this is the United States of America. That is... Take it up with... Yeah. I'm, why am I defending them? I don't care. That's, yeah, they're wrong. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Who is it? Uh, Rob Paulson's podcast. He used to say... Uh, Welcome to Talking Tunes, where laughter is the best medicine because you can't OD and the refills are free. <laughs> and that's very quaint. That's very good. Uh, but we don't, to, have, we don't have anything to, like that. Welcome to Infinite Pixel, Pixels, where two guys have a tough time coming up with catchphrase about a show about video games. Here's our catchphrase. Hey, it's a podcast about two white dudes talking about video games. Can you believe it? That's our catchphrase. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to catch on with, <laughs> I think, with I think, uh, the old Gen Z. I think that's very relatable. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of... Uh, that's also unique, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody of... else is really doing that. And I, I no. think that, like, it can really hit people right right where it, right where it needs to be hit. Right, where, right home. <laughs> yeah, right home. 
You know, I think... Uh, you need to shut the fuck up sometimes, Jordan. We should get to talking about the game because we're leaving a lot of dead space in the air. Ooh, in this audio. Good one. Thank you. This week we played uh, Dead Space. The hit 2008 game, Dead Space. Yeah. Uh, and I, I played it on Xbox 360. What did you play it on? I mean, I played it on Series X, but it's it's just a port mm-hmm. of the 360 version. So it's basically the same game. I don't think that it's gotten enhanced with anything other than like the usual like boost stuff there's some games that get like a big like fps and like texture boost like i know like final fantasy 13 um backwards compatibility for Mm -hmm. that game uh like almost makes it like a remake like they really did a good job like with upping the the resolution and uh the frame rate um and I don't think that this game is the case of that. I think it's just the um, the resolution is boosted maybe like a little bit. And like definitely the frame rate is. Well, and there, uh, that was just a just re-release. Go, sorry, go ahead. That was just a re-release. And then they've got, um, so that makes sense that it wouldn't be anything boosted. But there is a Dead Space remake on the way. Yes. Uh, the So... At the uh, time of this recording, it's not out yet. Yeah, uh, I can talk about the background about Dead Space uh, real quick and why I picked it mm. as the game to play. So, uh, if anybody uh, had never played Dead Space, it was released in 2008 on the 360 and PS3. Uh, it was developed by EA Redwood Shores, who later became Visceral Games. And Visceral, you might know... As the team who pretty much only did Dead Space. <laughs> they were working on uh, the Star Wars game uh, Ragtag, like codename Ragtag, uh, which got canned. Was that the Boba by... Fett game? Uh, no, it was going to be... That's 1313. Ah. This is going to be like a, a game where you played as like a uh, like a bounty hunter type scum scumbag guy. Or like a more like swashbuckler type mm. guy. Uh, and then, um, and then it just got canned because, uh, of a lot of problems. And there's write-ups on Ragtag that you can go, li- or, or, li- excuse me, uh, on Ragtag that you can go read, um, which I recommend because it's interesting. Um, but Visceral, uh, pretty much just did Dead Space 1, 2, and 3. I think they did some help on Battlefront 2, but otherwise, that's it. Uh, it was, uh, made by, like, cro- created by... Glenn Schofield and Michael Condry, who, um, uh, Glenn Schofield is in the news right now because, uh, the Callisto Protocol just came out and that's Mm. like his baby. Which Um, makes sense because that looks similar to Dead Space. Yeah, that's how they've been pitching it is they're like, it's the creator of Dead Space. Right. Which, uh, reading up about Dead Space 1, it was actually like those two guys' brainchild. I don't know if like, um, you know, obviously games are collaborative efforts, so I don't know how many more people were, like, involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like it was mostly, like, um, Glenn Schofield's baby, mm-hmm. um, from what I was looking at with behind-the-scenes stuff. The only other, like, important, like, noteworthy thing about, like, Glenn Schofield is that he, like, left very shortly after Dead Space 1 came out. He left uh, Redwood Shores... Uh, to go fun of uh, co-found Sledgehammer, which makes uh, 
Call of Duty now. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So, so he's probably got a, a solid gig going. Yeah, he left like uh, in 2009, so hmm. the year after Dead Space came out. He had some input on Dead Space 2, but he didn't have any input on like 3 hmm. um, or like much of the other, much of the series like going forward. I think maybe he had just a little bit of a hand in, in 2 because he's not the director and I think... Michael Condry's like the director on the first game, but like Glenn Schofield is like again very much credited with like it's his baby. So yeah, that's interesting the way that um, games can have like particularly strong voices from the the creative leads. I, actually, I, I feel like I'm going to bring up Bioshock a number of times throughout this discussion, but like Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite definitely feel like they have one person's kind of creative yeah. vision leading everything. Yeah, Ken Levine. Yeah, Ken Levine. And then- like Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid right. or Hideo Kojima. Yeah, so. if, if there is such a thing as like an auteur game designer, I think Dead Space... Uh, I'm not familiar with these two guys that you're talking about, but it does seem like it has a honed style that they're that they're going for. Yeah, this first game does. Yeah, and it's... Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's they designed it as a third-person shooter, mm-hmm. and um, it's essentially just... It's a third-person shooter with some... Uh, like mechanics with shooting is, is how I would describe the gameplay, right? I mean, the the big hook with Dead Space is it's a horror game. I guess um, that's important to mention. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a horror game that uh, is a like sci-fi space shooter, which there aren't a lot of. Surprisingly, the big thing in Dead Space is that you can cut off limbs. That's like its main hook. That's what the game is designed around is, yeah, your enemies, uh, it's more efficient to cut off their limbs as opposed to just like mindlessly um, shoot them. It, yeah. it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Skyward Sword, where in Skyward mm. Sword you have motion controls for slashing Link's score, sword, because that's a Zelda game. And uh, depending on where the enemy is holding the shield, that determines if you should do a horizontal slash or a vertical slash. And in Dead Space, um, depending on what your enemy looks like, that determines how you should go about cutting their limbs off, essentially. So the enemies in the game are space zombies. Mm -hmm. They are uh, called necromorphs. Yeah. Uh, And most of them are, like, bipedal human uh, enemies. Most of the time they just have, like, giant... Uh, like sights for arms, kind of like praying mantis arms, kind of. Yeah, and the this like w- we can talk about the plot. I think as we go through the game, because it's not there's not too much there. There's like, really not plot wise, but the the kickoff for it is you play as this character called Isaac Clark, mm-hmm. and um you you and a small team of other people are investigating a mining operation out in deep space. Yeah. You know, this is the year I think like 2500 or something. It's a year doesn't matter. Yeah, it's super far in the future and then you go uh, into deep space, uh Isaac Clark's wife. Uh, I think it's either his wife or his girl. I think it's his girlfriend. Oh, it's his girlfriend, yeah. yeah. His, his girlfriend is on this mining colony as well. Uh and you get there and things start to go awry. Uh, and yeah, then, pretty much instantaneously. Yeah, you're, you're like literally walking around, and uh, you're playing as Isaac, third person. You walk into the other room, and a big monster comes out and kills like half the people in your crew. Yeah, but I mean, like even when you're landing at the on the, it's a spaceship called uh, the USG Ishimura. Mm-hmm. 
you try to land and it's just like oh fuck like our 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 screen's going out we gotta we gotta land this thing manually and then they crash like land into the into the docking bay Mm -hmm. and you know as you said like they shut the lights off in the next room and everybody like half the crew dies yeah and even before that too they're like we're not getting a signal from anyone on the ship we're not getting Mm -hmm. any uh you know word from let's take her in so uh uh, it's it's just like setting up that no one is talking to you and yeah. then you crash and then a monster kills you. Yeah, it's uh, kills your team. The uh, the um, Ishimura is a mining ship that's like a planet cracker, mm-hmm. which uh, comes into play at the end, really. But otherwise, eh. Um, kind of a backdrop, yeah. Yeah, um, but it it's supposed to like go out and like crack open these planets. And, like, just be like, let's get on a bunch of fucking ore. Yeah. Let's you know? just mine the fuck out of this planet. Uh, and there's apparently there illegally, I think. Yeah. But you learn the, the details. Yeah. As you go. Like, from, from the moment when the monster attacks your crew, uh, Isaac gets attacked. Um, so he's looking for a weapon. And you see uh, in the environment in which you get attacked, there's a dead person and on the wall behind them written in blood, it says cut off their limbs. You're like, Oh, I got it. Yeah. You're like, okay, video game. Thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, they, they have one of your guys over the calm Hammond. He's like, you have to cut off their limbs. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. It's they're shooting these things anywhere else isn't working. Yeah. It's like I literally saw the giant text written in blood already Hammond. It's okay. Yeah, this is from uh, 2008. So this is like <laughs> gaming is hitting the mainstream bigger than it ever has. And they're trying to make yeah. sure everyone understands everything. Uh, but Isaac picks up like a, a medical, uh, a piece of medical not, equipment. Is uh, it the, uh, all of these are like power tools basically mm, he, that's what it is he gets the plasma cutter right. which is uh it's basically a thing in space that you're using to mine shit yeah and uh it's used here to cut the limbs off of the monster yeah. the alien monster that's attacking you yeah every uh it is a gun that fires vertically as it's like main primary fire mm-hmm. uh like vertically in that it shoots out a vertical line, literally, as its ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, and every gun has an ult fire. Um, and its alternating fire is it doesn't, like, shoot an alternate, like, weapon. Like, for instance, you know, there's a line gun and it fires out a mine. Uh, this, its alternate fire is it switches from vertical bullets to horizontal bullets. Mm-hmm. So so it's, it's ideal for cutting off limbs. You know, if yes. a monster's running at you and you want to cut off its arm you can go vertical and aim right at its its shoulder uh shoulder blade shoulder point its shoulder nodule and shoot the (laughs) arm off and then if you want to cut off its legs you can hit alt fire and the gun will rotate to horizontal and you can shoot its legs off um and that's from there that's kind of the setup that's the first sort of scene in the game from there the gameplay is pretty much walking around shooting monsters with the occasional puzzle intermixed yeah that's a uh, very very broad look at the gameplay there there are other like mechanics involved Mm -hmm. you have um stasis which at any point in time you can freeze uh one of the necromorphs um with slow-mo um they can still hit you (laughs) Did you ever get hit once by them when they were slow-mo? Yeah, if you freeze them and they're already swinging at you, 
uh, and they touch you, <laughs> Isaac reacts as if it's a full-on attack. Which is very funny because they're totally just moving in, in the slowest possible motion. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense, like, physics-wise. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, any slow-mo doesn't make any sense because as soon as you started moving, all of your force would be applied to when you were frozen, so you right. move forward really, really fast. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway... Um, like, it's very funny getting hit yeah. by, like, an enemy. It's a, it's a fun little oversight. It only yeah. happened to me a handful of times, because yeah. uh, I actually played this game on easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted a nice, relaxing play. <laughs> I played it on normal, and I was like, this is an easy mode? <laughs> I, I've played this game maybe, like, four or five, six times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is one of the games that I have gotten all the achievements in on the 360, just because I was a kid, and I was like, I love this game! Um, and, uh, uh, there's, like, a bunch of achievements for, like, upgrading every weapon. You have to clear the game with by only using the plasma cutter. There's one for clearing it on impossible, which you don't unlock till you've beaten, beaten the game, game once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I played it a lot. And, uh, I don't know if it was just my memory coming back to me, or if it was just, like, uh, the game is really easy, but I was flooded with ammo the entire game. Yes, yeah, same. On mode. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was playing on easy, but yeah. this was, like, my half-time play. Like, I, I had played this game a smattering of times growing up at different, like, relatives and friends' houses. It was a pretty, like, well-known game, so I definitely, like, saw it around a lot. It was, uh, I remember watching YouTube videos in the first generation of gaming videos on YouTube back in, like, 2009 or 8 or whatever, uh, and Dead Space was always featured in, in discussions and, like, you know... Uh, comedy bits or whatever. Um, so yeah, I had a good amount of context for this game, but definitely had not played it through all the way super hardcore 100% like you did. Um, but the difficulty uh, was definitely... Like, I, I, I was playing on easy, but uh, even then, I was like, oh yeah, this is like really straightforward what you're supposed to be doing here. Like, yeah. it's as long as you know how to avoid enemies, I, I can't see this game being yeah. a huge struggle. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, mechanics, because there's a couple other ones. Besides stasis, your other tool is kinesis, mm-hmm. which you can use. It's just telekinesis. Yeah. You can like pick up stuff off the ground. It's the same thing as Bioshock, basically. Yeah. And uh, Gary's mod or um, Half Life Two. <laughs> and it's the Portal. Same thing as Gary's mod. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can just pick things up off the ground. You can also like I saw in behind the scenes videos they were like you can pick up limbs and then use them and I was like I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I? Because when you use um, the telekinesis stuff, you generally want to pick up a big thing and throw it at the enemy. It's yeah. hard to find a small thing. And you a can... limb is like a skinny, tiny thing that you have to pick up and try to throw. I think you can do it in two and three. I might be wrong. There are definitely times where you can pick up like the scythe arm of somebody mm. And impale somebody with it. Cool. I think that's two and three. I never really might tried that. I, I was if I was using telekinesis to get an enemy, it was like a crate or a body or something. You know. Yeah. Like, there's there's enemies later on that have uh, like a giant pustule mm-hmm. that you can cut off and then throw and it explodes. Yeah. But besides that, the the there's not really any other um, mechanics. I mean, this game feels way ahead of its time in the way that it uses its HUD. Yeah, totally. Everything is uh, diegetic. Mm -hmm. Dude, that was my first note about this game when I was playing it was, 
I fucking love the health bar that they uh, have for you. Yeah, what's uh, the health bar, Ryan? So Isaac has, like, uh, engineering armor, like, uh, kind of just, like, mining armor. Like, it's very, like, industrial-looking yeah. armor. And on the back of it, uh, there's a light column going up Isaac's spine. Yes. So it just looks like his spine, and it's sort of segmented off to look like his spine. Mm-hmm. And uh, your health is represented by a blue light in that column. So as your health goes down, the blue light goes down. So it's on Isaac's back. You see it whenever you're playing the game. It's bright blue. You can't miss it. It's uh, totally different colored from a lot of stuff that you'll see in in the environments. Um, And like you said, it's completely diegetic. Like in the world of the game, it makes sense that that would be where it is and represent what it represents. Yeah, and I, I really like it because it also, like it you like you were saying, it's blue, but then it changes colors, and it is, like, bright, like, palette, like, just, like, a paint splotch yellow and yeah. then red, mm-hmm. and it's, like... As it goes yeah, down. Yeah, this game is, like, dark browns, bright, muddy yellows, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, that, like, those two yellows and reds stick out very well totally and i love this game's use of color too mm-hmm. um not just with the health bar like we're talking about but uh everything in the game that's an enemy or like an environment the uh opposing environment that you're in it like you said it's browns it's grays it's darks it's like muddy reds like it's these gross kind of colors yeah and everything that's um a thing that you interact with in a positive way like an elevator or, you know, an ammo pickup or something to heal Isaac or upgrade Isaac is all blues and greens. So it's mm-hmm. it, I love that they took the time to have the thought like, okay, everything that is good is blue. Everything that is bad is going to be kind of a red, brown, gray area. Yeah. That was, that was a, I really thought that was, was something. I don't know if it's just like I notice it here and you don't know and I don't normally notice it when I play games. But it really stuck out to me as like a very good design choice here. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the health, or, excuse me, the, like, HUD, otherwise, like, you have, like, your mission log, that all comes up as, like, a, Isaac has, like, a weird, like, it, like, thing that juts out of his suit. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's, like, barely noticeable where his helmet, like, might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, can produce, like, a hologram in front yeah, of it. Like a floating screen. Uh, so you can read his, like, uh, his... Uh, ammo and whatnot and like uh, mission log and whatever mm-hmm. blah 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 and then also um uh the other like super important helpful thing is if you need to know where to go if you click down on the right stick uh you uh you get the best thing in the game yeah uh it is uh it's literally uh if you want to know where your objective is you click down on the right stick and a line shows you <laughs> literally it literally like points you where you need to go and it even it doesn't even, like, just point. Like, just, like, you know, you don't just look at the line. Mm-hmm. Isaac will look at it, and then it will move his head over and move the camera over to where you need to go. To this line on the ground that yes. says, walk on this path. Yes. It's it's exactly what a game like this needs. Like, yeah. it, it is such a good feature because, uh, like, I, you know, in these kinds of games, you definitely want a sense of, like, oh, I'm... In a strange environment, you don't want the player to feel like, where the fuck do I go? Yeah. So any time where I was like, where the fuck do I go? I just click the <laughs> stick. I'm like, oh, I can keep playing the game. Yeah. It was so amazing. And I'm so sad it hasn't caught on as oh, a, yeah. a gameplay mechanic. It, it's so weird. Like in, in Bioshock, 
It is. It's the, the, it's way it, worse. In Bioshock, it is a giant fucking cartoon fifties <laughs> line that is just pointing the entire time at where you need to go. That's at the top middle of your screen, and it like you can shut it off. But it's like, why don't you just have the same thing as Bioshock that came out fucking. Like, Bioshock Infinite came out in 2013. Mm. Fucking just take this thing from 2008. Yeah. Just do it. Everyone should steal this idea. <laughs> because Literally everyone. The thing that's good about it is, like, people complain, like, oh, the game developers are always holding your hand and blah, blah, blah. But if you have a mechanic, if you have a button that you push that just says, do this, stupid, yeah. that you don't need to design the game to be playable by dummies. Just give a dummy button in the game. <laughs> And as a dummy myself, I really appreciated that. Like I'm, like I get it. Like I'm in, um, you know, I play like the God of War and whatever. Who the fuck cares? Like all these other games, and they're like, here's a compass. Like yeah. use the look, look at, at the, the mini comp- map. Look at the compass. Look at the mini. And it's like, no, 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 yeah, I don't <laughs> no. Wanna... Just you don't need a compass when you literally just tell me with a button press. And I get it. Like every single like part of the controller has to be used uh, mm-hmm. for some games. Not all games, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, just having this button here just be like, go here. It's like, okay, great. I love it. I got it. I, 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 I literally, I'm not exaggerating, I can't see any negative to having this option in the game. No, it's perfect. Yeah. It also, like, just like, makes sense because you're on a big fucking ship. Yeah. And he, like, Isaac is an engineer, so he's supposed to fix stuff mm-hmm. and uh and like you're here initially to be like let's look for survivors and let's like figure out you what's going mission. on we have to figure out like and you have the plans for the ishimura mm-hmm. so it would make sense that you'd be like hmm i think they're in like the cafe over here so yeah. you'd like know where the cafe is because you'd mo- and like obviously there's you know stupid shit like you wouldn't know that the wall was collapsed over there. It would, it would show that the... But it's the fucking future. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And it, there's there's a couple... Like, it's not perfect, but it's like 99% there. At least it was for me. Yeah. And and uh, not only is it really convenient and super appreciated, uh, it also... Uh, it looked blue, so it stuck out in the environment again. Uh, and it had a cool noise when you push the button. So, I don't know about you, but every time I push the button, yeah. I was like, ooh, I like that noise. The, the, uh, I was going to say, the sound design in this game mm-hmm. is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, this game came out in 2008. It's an older game. Uh, it's over a decade old. The sound design has n- held up perfectly. Mm-hmm. I played this game with headphones on and was like, holy shit. I, like, I, I don't think I had played this game with headphones on before. Or at least when I had it, it might have been on like, like, Turtle Beach headphones that are a million years old. And Turtle Beach is the Apple of of, uh, of <laughs> headphones. Headphones where that you buy them for the clout, right. even though there's no clout in them. <laughs> the Turtle Beach clout. Yeah. You buy them because you're a kid in 2010 and you want those headphones or whatever. Yeah, right? and somebody said these are good, and it's like actually mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I have, like, a very nice pair of headphones now, and I was like, oh my god, like, the 3D audio in this, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if it's 3D, but just the audio in general is very good, like, there's, um, there's ship sounds, like, a lot of times, there's also just, like, random, uh, like, voiceover, like, there'll be, like, a woman, like, over the head, uh, over, like, the comms will be like, the price of Berberda today mm-hmm. is 
380 and you'll be like what the fuck and like uh there's uh there's like random like clinking and clanging mm-hmm. and the uh one thing i did want to note about the um the spinal health bar when somebody dies it is really jarring because uh it will play like the like a uh heart rate monitor like going out oh, like it'll yeah. be like uh did you notice that yeah yeah uh it'll be like the of like a line just like going out for a heart rate monitor um and that like really really works it's like under court uh, that under uh, underscore yeah underscore under, underscore like death is like finite mm-hmm. and like um it's jarring it's and you're measurable like, you're like, yeah you're like oh shit and like everybody knows what a heart rate monitor sounds like right. nowadays um and um that's really cool uh, I like that you can like randomly hear pickup noises. I don't know if that game, if that's just the game, like glitching, or if it's like an actual like thing that's happening. Randomly, I would like walk past like just stuff in the environment, and like the pickup has a very distinct sound. It's like a booty, uh, and I would just like be walking past stuff and just be like booty, and I'll be like, oh, is there a pickup there? Oh, uh, oh, there's no pickup. Am I just hearing things? Yeah, that would happen to me in the elevators, too. Sometimes I would be going down, and I would just hear, and I'd be like, oh, did I just pass something I can grab that I missed? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, a glitch. Yeah. But if it's, if, even if it's a glitch, it, it works it's fine. to be like, hey, this is creepy stuff on the ship's breaking. Yeah. Your suit's malfunctioning. The nice thing about... Space. Yeah, this this game is has a creepy atmosphere, obviously. It's got a scary, foreboding atmosphere. So any noises just kind of add to that. So, mm-hmm. like, literally any noises that come in, it, it's just kind of like, what is that? You and, know? Uh, and where is that coming from? Yeah, uh, the game has um, parts where you go into uh vacuum the vacuum mm. of space yeah dude. and at that point there's no sound it's except awesome. for some kind of like echoes of like your gun shooting or whatever yeah. but you never hear like a monster come up to you mm-hmm. which which is nice in those parts because uh the the sound design on the enemies is is good too like you said there's kind of um like stereoscopic sound that's around you so I did not play this game on headphones. I just played it with my TV uh, speakers. And I could tell when an enemy was behind me based on where mm. the sound was coming from. That's how good the the conveyance was with that. Uh, so you can tell where enemies are relative to where you yeah. are. Um, and when you step outside into these uh, areas of the game that take place in the vacuum of space, you lose that. So an enemy can really get the drop on yeah. you. Because uh, it's t- it's completely silent, so you don't hear them coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Another thing about sound, did you notice, like, there are different audio cues for, like, getting attacked versus, like, just being in an environment where there's an encounter? Mm. It's like when you walk in a room and, like, oh, you know, the door's all shut and they're like, oh, there's a quarantine. There's undetected matter in here. Mm. Um, And then, like, you um, suddenly get enemies. It's like, it'll be, like, pretty silent, but there might be, like, an underscore, like, music. Um... As soon as you see an enemy, like it will have a stinger. It will go like, Boo! yeah, it's like a um, violin noise. And then, um, and then, like the music will start to like really pick up, and it'll be like, da, 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 and mm. be like, oh shit! Um, and then it'll immediately cut out, like when you kill them. Um, and that works for even if the enemy is alive in the room, but you aren't facing them. Mm. So, like, if you walk into a room 
um, and you're like, okay, like I'm gonna fuck around, I'm gonna explore, and there's an enemy in that room, but the game hasn't like told you by like shutting the door. Like, uh, you could be like fucking around and like doing stuff, um, and then uh, you might turn a corner. And then immediately it'll have, like, the stinger come in and, like, Ring! and then you'll be like, oh, shit. And, like, that really works because, like, you'll be in the middle of a fight and you'll, uh, too, cause you, and you'll think that you're done and the music hasn't, like, kicked back in yet to mm-hmm. signal you that, like, you're safe. Yeah. Um, but, like, then you'll, uh, you'll think that you're safe and then the music will cut in as soon as you see another enemy and you're, you'll be like, oh, shit. So the, I I could go on and on about the music, the little details in here. Yeah, absolutely, They're really good. And the key thing that you said there too is little details, like stuff like that. What you're talking about affects both the gameplay and the atmosphere of the game. So it's whenever a game can meld uh, game design and gameplay elements with uh, the sort of creative tone or like the diegetic things that the the game itself is trying to convey to the player, it's really impressive. And there's a lot of that in this game with audio, uh, visuals, even like uh, story elements being worked into gameplay. Like there's a lot of really cool integration of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know, another thing I really liked with um, the audio is uh, throughout the game, I mean, it's a horror game, right? So mm-hmm. basically the whole time they're trying to make you nervous or get you with a jump scare. And it yeah. usually is pretty effective. I mean, jump scares are either hit or miss depending on yeah. who the person playing is. Um, but one way that I thought they was really clever with the way they would do jump scares was uh, you mentioned when Isaac is interacting with his uh, like HUD, his uh, UI, um, he's got a little screen in front of him. And uh, that's also where other characters will talk to you with, like, video communication. So you'll be walking, and then your screen will pop up, and you'll see the face of another character. And they'll say, Isaac, you need to get to the engineering room to fix this thing, or whatever. And there's a couple times in the game where I'm pretty sure they did this on purpose. Like, you walk into an area, and then the screen will go, and pop up right in front of you. And they'll go, Isaac, are you okay? They they 100% do that on purpose. It's, like, almost always... Like when you get done with a level in this, you go to a tram. You go yes. to like a, a like a train because there's like a train going on the Ishmar, whatever. Anyway, um, uh, and like the train is like, ah, oh, like we made it. Like yeah. you save your it's progress. Your little relief, your haven. There's even like a nice little stinger, like music cue of like, yes. And then like it'll have like a loading screen of the of the Ishmara, you know, show you like you're down here on the ship over here and you're going over here mm-hmm. and then you'll be like, okay, like I'm going like, and then like you get it, like uh, it zooms out to Isaac's back again and you get out of the train and every single time they're like, oh, I'm safe. And then I'll be like, Isaac. <laughs> they're, they're like screaming in your face suddenly. Like Isaac, I'm dying. It's like, oh my God. Uh, also, so much of this podcast is going to be us recreating dead space noises. Like, and then this one part goes, and yeah. then you go like, Ring! and I'm going to have to turn down to us going like, Psh. yeah. But that's uh, you know that's what a jump scare is. It's a loud yeah. noise a lot of the times. Um, the first time you played this game, were you scared of it at all? So funny thing about that, this was actually like the first like horror game that I really played. Mm. Um, I never played Resident Evil. I did own a GameCube, so I could have played like the remake of one and four. And like, or uh, zero and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, c- I couldn't really play M games, so I, there was no way of me getting one. Wait, um, was this? Yeah, this game had to have been M. Sorry. No, it was rated. E. I was gonna be, is it T or M? No, it's definitely M. Go it's on. rated K A. Remember K A? <laughs> yeah, it's right up there with Elmo's Number Adventure. Yeah. 
this was like the first like horror game I played, and I watched a streamer play it first. Mm. I remember I was like, that space looks really cool. I love the environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, one of my friends uh, had shown me the Game Informer issue with this game. And uh, I was like, this game looks fucking awesome. I was like, it does. And he like showed me, like he's like, here's what the spine looks like. And he like drew it. And he's like, that looks really fucking cool. Like That's like your health bar. I was like, wah. And he's like, here's a plasma cutter. And he like drew it. And I was like, what? He's like, and then it goes horizontal, and I was like, what? Whoa. Yeah, uh, so, like, the, the this game was, like, really hyped to me. Mm. Um, and then I eventually played it, like, later in high school. Um, and it was, like, uh, a big deal. Because um, uh, when I was a kid, I was a giant coward when it came <laughs> to a bunch of, like, horror movies and stuff. Like, I used to be afraid of movies. I would, like, uh, run out of theaters and whatnot. Like, like just at like normal movies, <laughs> uh, like like I couldn't watch uh, Sorcerer's Stone. I was gonna say Harry Potter, I bet was one. Yeah, the, uh, Harry, uh, Sorcerer's Stone. I couldn't watch the end with Quarrel with his head. Yeah, because I would I'd be like, I'm gonna close my eyes because it's fucking gross. That part's creepy. Honestly, it is creepy. Yeah. And then I couldn't look at the the uh, Hermione turning into a cat. <laughs> that part's and, not creepy. Because <laughs> uh, I was like CGI, weird, weird gross. Um, I couldn't see the transformation. Of uh, uh, the bounty hunter in uh, Attack of the Clones, that that transformation weirded you out. Yeah, I was like, she's fucking. I, I don't like. I didn't like people transforming and shit. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that's like uncanny valley stuff too, which is yeah. creepy. Like it it's, looks weird. It, it looks, looks creepy. Alien, what? Yeah. Uh, and uh, but it was like I couldn't go to theaters. Mm. Like horror movies, I was uh, I was like starting to kind of get into them in like the like high schooly like. Ooh, let's go watch a horror right, movie. Right, that's the age, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, and then this was, like, my first horror game. I was like, what if I just, like, look, check this out? It was, like, available digitally, and I, cre- I had a credit card, so I was like, hmm, it's, like, <laughs> ten bucks, and I watched, like, a streamer play it. Well, not even a streamer, it's just, like, a Let's Player. Um, and I watched up to maybe, like, halfway, and then I was like, I think I'm gonna get this, because mm-hmm. it's, I'm not scared. Yeah. Uh, and then I played it, and I was like, this is not that scary. So, um, so no, you weren't scared. No, not really. I mean, it's, it's different because like now I, like I played through this and I was like, nothing about this fucking scared me. (laughs) Like it's like, uh, there's like body horror and stuff in this, which is kind of gross, but like it's 2008, like graphics. It's like, you know, the jump scares in this, like even with like what you were saying with like the, the sounds coming in at random points like that stuff doesn't really scare me even mm-hmm. like in video games because i'm like oh like this is just like a like a sound effect mm-hmm. I, I don't know um so and video games over time have not really scared me except for like the some of them like amnesia like amnesia games can really get me because they just play at the atmosphere way way more well this this game does have a lot of a great atmosphere but it, it does it's, it's kind of fun like it's um i mean uh, i think a lot of the fear in horror games at least when i play them it comes from panicking and then dying i, I it's a fear of death like in the the sense of the game like sure remember the one time we played um resident evil 7 i think mm-hmm. it was I, I was like I wasn't like scared when I, I like I, I get startled when I play it because 
the game has scary imagery and it's trying to scare me, but really what I don't like is that I'm panicking and I now have to try to aim my gun yeah. to try and kill someone. And if I die, I have to start over because I just got scared by bullshit. You know what I, I mean? I literally just listened, I watched uh, Glenn Schofield talk about, uh, talk about like tweets that were tweeted at him on like whatever it's like gq or what those youtube videos mm. where they do like the celebrity answers like five questions over oh, twitter sure. or whatever yeah. um and he did one where literally somebody asked why do i get scared at video games uh when i don't get scared at movies and it was he's like said the exact same thing as you it's like oh. because you think that you're going to die and you're trying not to die and so right. you're getting scared it, it's like you have control so when something scary is coming at you, yeah. the fact that you have to respond like with stimuli instead of just sit there and watch like you do with a movie, mm-hmm. it's 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 an element of of like responsibility that that can be scary. Whereas I've gotten broken at this point, and where when I die, I just go, "You you didn't give me enough fucking ammo, yeah. assholes." That's the other side of it. I think I've said this before on this podcast, even like when you play a horror game, at least when I play one. Uh, it's scary until I die the first time and then yeah. all the tension is immediately gone and then it becomes fuck this I, why do I keep dying this is fucking annoying I think we said that with little nightmares I think probably. so yeah, yeah that was probably the episode yeah. this game does have a, a good scary atmosphere yes um, I, I think it's consistently the same kind of foreboding tone and I mean this in a good way the game is kind of like a haunted house yep it's, it's like walking around in a haunted house where you shoot stuff uh, because there are a lot of moments when you walk into a room and there's sort of a predetermined in-game animation or or like, a, I don't want to call it a cutscene because it's not really, but like you'll see a character that is not part of your crew. Uh, they're just a character yeah. that's there and they're like, uh, uh, one example I can give is there's a part where you walk into the room, uh, just like some random room. And there's a guy who looks like a soldier there, and he's like covered in blood, and he's holding his own leg, and he's bleeding. That part's comical. I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to. Say, I, I, laughed I laughed out loud at that. No, part, I, yeah. I laughed at that part. I he, was like, I and I specifically remember that because I remember when I was a kid, I was even like, "This is fucking dumb." <laughs> and then also he uh, he ragdolls at the yeah. end when he dies. He's like holding his leg and he's like sobbing, mm-hmm. and then when he dies, he just does a like like a fall down ragdoll like every other enemy in the game does of like he goes limp yeah he goes limp but like in the most comical way going ragdolling going limp is just objectively funny no matter what is the context it completely drains any tension out of it yeah it just looks like a uh and maybe it held up better in 2008 but like today i mean it was like that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I felt kind of bad. I walked in and this guy is handing me his leg and he's like, uh, uh, and I'm like, Pfft. and then he goes, uh, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> it was funny. But there, like, there's other stuff. That kind of moment is peppered throughout the game. There's a lot of moments where they might have like a guy and he'll just be like, uh, like screaming, and then um, you'll like. Uh, it'll be on like an elevator shaft as it comes up and you'll be like oh fuck I don't want to yeah. go down there and yeah. those work better totally um, the moments where especially because the moments with these sort of character models animated to have a little scary scene for you uh, you can't really interact with them so it kind of actually takes you out of the game a little bit yeah there's like a couple of them too where like there's like a specific one where like a woman is like in a 
two. Yes, that's like the one I was thinking tube. of. Yeah, and she's like, like just like laughing, and then she like cuts her her throat, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. She's in a medical tube, like, it looks like she's got some kind of surgical instrument and she's operating on, there is a body in there that's yeah. just, like, cutting up, but she does, like, again, a pseudo-comical, like, her back is to you, and then she turns around and, like, smiles, and then slits her own throat. And it's, it's, it's like a haunted house. Yeah. It's like, you walk in the room, ooh, it's the throat-slitting room, the house of horrors. Well, that's, like, why I've always said, like, something like amnesia has always been much more scary to me, because it's it's just the, the uh, like, what you don't see. Mm. Um, and, like, the things that work for me in this game about what you don't see is, you know, like, the, the random sounds on the, uh, and the ship of it settling, and, right. and, and people over the loudspeaker, like, just, like, saying random gobbledygook mm-hmm. and whatnot, because you're like, oh, this is, like, a lived-in place. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I don't want to come down on it too hard because I do, I do like, you know, this game has a consistently good atmosphere, and even those mm-hmm. little haunted house moments, um, they're they're like fun. Like I, I appreciated them. I wouldn't yeah. say I, I count them against the game. Uh, and uh, speaking of like this, this ship was lived in. I was getting a lot of um, flashbacks to Bioshock because, yeah. and honestly, playing Dead Space for this. Uh, it made me, like, nostalgic for this generation of game. Oh, 100%. Same. Yeah, because this is, like, the era where environmental storytelling, like, really took off. Well, and it was the era... We could talk more about this at the end, but it was the era of, like, we don't have to... We don't have to pepper this game with, like, overly long mission design. We yeah. don't have to make microtransactions. We don't have to do any of that. We don't have to make it, like... 60 hours long because if somebody returns it, then whatever. This is you know, just it's a just game. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's like, this game is like 10 hours at the max and then you're mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it was. And it, you can do another playthrough if you want, but otherwise you're done. And not only that, but the way it incentivized me to go through another playthrough is I was like, it would be really fun to do this game and max everything out. Yeah. So that, like, and, and the gameplay is fun. Like, it's, it is genuinely yeah. fun to see a big scary monster run at you and you have to precisely aim yeah. and shoot off their limbs. So speaking of like big scary monsters, we haven't really talked about the enemy design. Mm-hmm. I think the enemy design in this game is like kind of perfect for what it needs to be. Sure. The different enemies, as we mentioned, it's like there's the just the guy with like the scythe arms. Mm-hmm. What's cool about him is like um uh you can like shoot his arms and legs off um and you can also shoot off the head the thing about like shooting off like the head with uh, with like all the enemies is they kind of just like don't know what to do then, yeah. and they kind of like flail about, which is really fun. Um, uh, but there's several other enemies that this is one of the only games where you where you do kill babies, but they're zombie <laughs> babies, so yeah. it's fine. They're evil babies. There there are uh, there are uh, lurkers, which are like zombified babies that have like tentacles that come out of them there are always three tentacles that come out of them so you can cut off the tentacles um uh but one of my favorite enemies is uh the pregnant which are the big giant enemies with like a big belly um and uh they have scythe arms what makes them cool is that that belly um if you pop it um then um swarmers will come out which are like the little tiny uh like Really hard to hit enemies. Yeah, they're like little bugs that yeah. swarm you. Yeah. Um, or um, later in the game, uh, lurkers will come out of them. 
Um, and uh, what's cool about their design is, you know, you're supposed to aim for a limb. Uh, so you, a lot of times for me, I go for the legs right away. Because I'm sure. like, well, then yeah, they're going to be slow. They're immediately less of a threat, yeah. And uh, and the belly on the on the pregnant will, um, will be like kind of covering up where you need to shoot the legs. So you, you either need to be good at shooting the legs or shoot, shoot off the arms or go for the head. Mm-hmm. And those are still fairly difficult to hit comparatively to like going for the legs first, which makes hitting everything else way, ta- way easier. Right. Um, so I think that the, that's like probably my favorite like enemy design just in the way of like making you nervous. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, you, you only have a certain amount of stasis um, to be able to slow them down. And, you, um, and you're trying to avoid shooting their big yeah, belly because yeah. you don't want another enemy to come out. Yeah, yeah. those are cool. Um, uh, there's like the ones with like the tail legs. What I noticed about them is they, uh, they're the, them and the lurkers are the only ones that have, have show up in zero G. And if oh you, yeah. If uh-huh. you shoot off their legs or their arms, they just automatically die. Yeah. Because they don't have anything else to hang on to, mm-hmm. which I think was funny. I was like, like I remember watching the behind the scenes and they were like. You don't know what you're gonna shoot in zero G, and if they're gonna die. I'm like, no. Every single time, I just shoot, shoot both the arms, the arms yeah. and then they die automatically because mm-hmm, like, they they can't function in this environment. Yeah, technically. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, that that kind of ruins it for me. Um, I mean, I, it, it does. It does. It's nice to know, yeah. like, whenever I'm in zero G, if that happens, oh, boom, boom. Yeah. There's the. But it does. It, it does break the immersion slightly. Um, and then there's like guys stuck to walls. Um, but, um. And there's like a couple other ones we mentioned, like the the guy with like the giant pus arm. It's yeah. Like, oh God. Uh, and there's the brute, which is the guy who only has like you have to hit him in the back. Yeah, he's um, essentially like a tank from Left yeah. 4 Dead. Um, but uh, there's also uh, the um, oh what was it? Jesus Christ! No, it just I forgot it. Fuck. Uh, one more main enemy. Oh, uh, the uh, the hunter, which is. The invincible enemy. Oh, the one that regenerates. Yes, yes. This is mm-hmm. the, the, it's only in two chapters in the whole game, um, and I really, really love that enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way it's introduced to you because there's in the game there you're in like a spaceship where a bunch of people have like gone crazy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's one guy who's like really religious because there's a background of like religious. Uh, iconography and a religion in the game that we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. um and this guy's like uh i've created like this perfect specimen that like uh you know uh humans can be re- reborn into um and uh he creates this thing called the hunter it looks like every other one of the like regular enemies with just like a uh the tooth scythe arms and the and um it's a humanoid zombie yeah. looking thing with scythe it arms, just it yeah. just it's just more buff yeah um and uh and like the first room that you're in it with with him, uh, he's like, "Have fun with my monster," and then and you see it like come out of the tube, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'll just cut off its legs and cut off its arms." Like, I got it. Well, sorry, real quick. Before that, you walk in the room, and you have some stuff to do in this room, mm-hmm. uh, and the monster's in the tube in the corner. So you're like doing things in this room while the monster is there. So it's yeah, it's not like you walk in the room and he immediately pops yeah. out. You get to kind of take it in for a second, which yeah. is which is a nice little touch to make it a little more memorable. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, uh, you walk in that room and then he unleashes the monster on you and you think that it's super easy and it's, then it starts like regenerating on the ground. You're like, 
oh, um, okay, I can shoot it again, and you do it again, and then you're like, oh, this isn't working, and then, like, your, your, like, friend comes over the microphone, and she's like, uh, I don't think that's gonna keep working, Isaac, you need to run. Mm-hmm. Just um, bail. And, uh, and then it, like, starts this kind of cat and mouse of, like, okay, I have to, like, run out of here, um, and, you know, it's a survival horror game, so you want to collect, like, the ammo and whatnot. The unfortunate thing about the hunter is it doesn't really leave a lot of rooms, so once you've, like, left the room, yeah. it will only follow you through certain other rooms. It's not like, say, for instance, if Resident Evil 7, you have Jack, mm. the, like, other invinc- the like invincible enemy in that, and all the other family members are invincible, so they, like, won't take damage if you shoot them. Mm. Um, but they'll run away if you... Whatever. But um, those enemies the, in Resident Evil could show up at any time during gameplay. Yeah. This enemy is only in certain scripted areas. It's only in scripted areas, but it's like, like you have to go through multiple areas because you have to collect a bunch of this like samples of like the necromorphs because they're like we gotta create a thing to to destroy a giant one that's infecting the air supply or food supply or whatever. Right. And then um, when you when you like have to go back and forth because like they keep being like i need a sample over here mm-hmm. and you're like oh fuck i have to go through that room again right and like that's like uh, like that creates a lot of really good tension um and like i like there's like that big the big stinger moment with like that chapter is like you go through like this giant medical area um and the doors like lock and it's also um in a uh, in like a of air vented area and you're like okay fuck like i have the air is running out and i'm supposed to well no the first time just a bunch of them come into the room a bunch of enemies come into the room and you have the hunter also there and you're like i'm trying to kill regular necromorphs yeah i'm trying to kill hunter and i'm trying to and i don't have stasis and i know i don't know what to do and like that like that works so well like and they don't that's like the one uh really that's one really big like uh, um, scene with it where you're like, oh shit, uh, it, it works very well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when you have to come back, you have to go through the room, uh, and it's in the vacuum of space. So then you have like, I think like two pregnants in there, and then the hunter, um, and uh, so you're running out of air. Uh, which you can upgrade your suit to have, like, more air, but I think it only starts with, like, a minute and a half air. I mean, air. either way, even if you have maxed out air, which you wouldn't at that point, but you're yeah. you're running out of air. You're yeah. running out of air, and you have to fight pregnants, which are, as we already talked about, can spawn more enemies. Mm-hmm. So there's that extra layer of tension. And you're fighting the hunter, which you know is literally unkillable. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just like, I don't... Blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you run through there, you're like, okay, I need to take a breather for a second. Like, let me, like, come back and be like, I'm going to run for that door okay go Mm -hmm. you know um and that i think like works really well and at the very end of that chapter you're like okay i have to what do i do to like get rid of it and you put it on ice Mm -hmm. um and you're like i did it i it's it's gone and it like gets airlifted out of there or whatever well Um, it's it's a fun mechanic because you get to this sort of room that's like the final room mm -hmm. for that section and then the hunter comes back and yeah. so already you're like, oh, fuck, like this, I've I got to deal with this enemy again. And yeah. then um, right before that, it establishes that there's a button you push 
to freeze anything in this one section of the game. Like, literally, like, it's like where they, freeze them with ice. where they do, like, they have to transfer people yeah, who are injured. Like so cryo-freezing. Put, put them on cryo-freeze. Yeah. yeah, it's like what they did to Walt Disney. Yeah. And he regenerates like Walt Disney, too. Uh, but so, the setup is the... Once you kill the normal enemies in the room, the hunter is chasing you. And... Uh, you know, there you have that aha moment of, oh, I... Because with the hunter, you can incapacitate them momentarily. If you shoot their legs off, they move slow. Mm-hmm. And then if you shoot the arms off or you just wait long enough after you shoot the legs off, the hunter takes sort of like 15 seconds to do a little regeneration animation. You can also just stasis it. Yeah, or you can stasis it. But um, what I did was, uh, you know... You're luring the thing around. You're like, oh, I can control like with stasis yep. or with regeneration where it, it hangs out for a second. Mm-hmm. So you lure it into this sort of cryo-freeze chamber and uh, you stasis it there or you shoot its legs off. Or if you're like me, you shoot its legs off, wait for their regeneration to start and then stasis it. So it's like double slow. Yeah. Uh, and then you walk over to the button and you push the button and then it freezes the thing. And picks it up and, like, files it with other frozen yeah. specimens. So, yeah, it definitely conveys, like, there it is. You defeated the mini-boss for this section. Like, yeah. the hunter's gone. And what's really f- cool about that is, like, normally in, like, games, like, take, for example, Resident Evil 2, mm-hmm. like, remake with Mr. X. He shows up quite a bit. Yeah. He's in that game a lot. He's a big mechanic in that yeah. game. Um, and in this, the hunter... Is like in chapter four, and then it doesn't show up again till like chapter ten. It, you, it's, you think it's totally gone? It is literally like gone for most of the game, and I forgot. Like I was like, I remember the hunter being in this game for most <laughs> of the game, and no, it does not show up till the very end of the game again um, for like the finale of it, and its finale is like really good. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the next time you see the hunter? Yeah, I was gonna get into that because we're kind of jumping all over the place, but whatever. Yeah, the, well, we're not talking about the story. Well, Cliff it, notes the story at the end, but yeah, this yeah. is the meat of the game. Yeah. yeah. The 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 way that you deal with the hunter is, um, you eventually run into that guy again. Mm-hmm. You're like, he's like, ah, religious iconography, and you're like, okay, you're like, um, I get and he's it. like. Oh, Here's your friend, and you're like, "Oh no!" Um, and um, at that moment, I think you're going to collect uh, key cards for a um, like an escape no, pod, dude. Yeah, you, you you remember the part leading up to that? Because that was like a really awesome like mo- like that was maybe the most scared I was in the whole game. Like, so you get to this, you're collecting key cards, like you said, or you're collecting something, and it's like, okay, the last key card. Or whatever you need is on the other side of this room. You walk into this room, and it's a big sort of like storage room of boxes that you they're can bunk move. beds. Oh, they're bunk beds. Yeah, so yeah you, that's right. Yeah, uh, you. Uh, I, was, I I thought there was a moment before this. Uh, no, I think this is the last time you see the hunters. No, I, I, that's why I was going to describe this. But oh, go, sorry, go go ahead. Ahead. no, go ahead. I okay. thought okay. I thought you were misremembering. No, that's no, why no, I no, bring no. it up. Um, I just was like introducing. You got you got introduced to the to the religious guy again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The religious, oh, sorry. I thought you were saying the hunter you get introduced to. No, again. no, no. He he was he's like throughout this area, kind of hindering your progress. The religious guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he is the creator of the hunter, which I think we said. But like, it it just like a quick side note on that guy. Like, uh, he's very foreboding. He's taunting you. Not really. He's kind of funny. To I, me, I, I I mean, yeah, he is funny. But like, 
he they do a lot they try to do a lot with him in terms of like where he was at in the hierarchy of this ship and sort of like yeah like they sort of paint him a little bit more than any other um character and like kine and like yeah. the captain and that's about it mm-hmm. so not a lot of the other um unlike something like uh like bioshock where you really understand like more of the like people like running the place mm-hmm. i didn't really feel like i understood the people running this place Agreed. other than like those three people yeah it, it felt like a watered down version of bioshock yeah um but, but yeah sorry so you're in his area essentially. you're you're in like the this religious area and you walk into the rec- like the the sleeping quarters mm-hmm. um and there's a bunch of bunk beds and we've established that uh you have kinesis uh like telekinesis and you use telekinesis to move objects in the environment for puzzle solving. Yes. Um, which I don't think we've commented about before. I mean, it, that's literally all there is yeah. to say about it. Yeah. But uh, so you use, uh, you see all these bunk beds uh, like up against the wall and like blocking your path. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, you ever see those puzzles uh, on your phone or whatever where you have to like move um, different like vertical line blocks or horizontal blocks to like get uh, another vertical uh, horizontal or vertical line block to move to the other side. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's it's a it's a put one piece here so you can move another piece yes. and then move a piece out of the way yeah. kind of puzzle. Yeah. And it's it's like that in third person in a uh, in a very enclosed space. Yeah, and, uh, and not only is it an enclosed space, it's also like this puzzle is slow moving. It's not it's, a fast paced section of the game. Yeah. And uh, this part, you you go through and you move all the bunk beds out of the way, and you have to like you have to slowly move the one f- to the right, mm-hmm. and then you can move the two up so that you can go in between them, and then you have to move the other one once you get in in between those slowly to the right at the other side of the wall. And then move the one up, and then you can walk through, you know, and it's that like three or four times. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end, and you're like, okay, here's the key card. And wait, real quick, can I just say at that part too, when you're moving the bunk beds, there are, I thought it was awesome because the whole game is about like trying to scare you, right? Mm-hmm. So you get to this part, and you have to move bunk beds out of the way so you can make progress. And then in order, order to make more progress, I mean, at least this is the way I did it, I had to move the bunk beds back to like close the path behind me to open the path forward. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially like you seal yourself into a like cornered off room at multiple points, which is for this game. I was like, Ooh, something's going to happen. Like what is going to pop out? And what's really cool is there are no enemies during the initial run up. Yeah. When you go this section, it's just tension building, which which, perfect. It was amazing. I was like, this is awesome. And like, I'm like, you don't need any enemies at this point because mm-hmm. you instantly know, like, you're either okay, like, this is an easy puzzle, like, nothing's happening, or you're like, where's the fucking jump scare, yeah, guys? Yeah. When am I going to go up? Yeah. You know, and, it's it's uh, awesome. So you get through it, and I, I just wanted to note that because that is like a genuine, like, feeling. Like, this this was maybe my favorite little section Oh, of the this game. is my favorite part in the game, hands down. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you eventually get to the end and you pick up the key card, you're like, I did it. And then the guy comes over the loudspeaker and he's like, I brought your friend. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck do you mean? And the hunter like pops out of a vent. Yeah. Out of the ceiling. And you're like, I have to go through those bunk beds again. Yeah. It's awesome. And, 
I have this guy who's invincible to deal with while I do this. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do I do this? It's, it's like the moment the hunter pops in, you go like, oh, fuck, at least for me. And I just start running. And then I around the corner because mm-hmm. it's like at the end of a long hallway. And I see the bunk bed shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I have mm-hmm. to do. Oh, fuck. It's, it's just such a great, like setup payoff for panic it's so mm-hmm. awesome it, i i imagine the developers making this and they were like <laughs> we know exactly what this room is gonna do yeah. to people. and i play i've played this game like six times and i'm like all right i know this guy's coming up okay mm-hmm. uh so i just kinesis him out of all right come out of here come on come yeah. on corral him out and then i kinesis him move the bunk bed out of the way okay he's trapped forever i'm good yeah and I just yeah. walk through yeah you don't have to like if you trap him in one area he doesn't move. Yeah, he's, I, he's just—he doesn't go through a vent. He doesn't come back to help, like kill that's you. It. It's yeah. like, but it, like the the setup to get to that point to like, like I imagine most casual players are like, I don't, I'm I'm panicking. Mm-hmm. I am panicking. Yeah, now. I gotta shoot him. I gotta kinesis mm-hmm. him. Okay, I gotta move this. Uh, I know, like, because I, I had never played this part of the game before this, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna. Stasis him, uh, okay, he's, I'm gonna down him, mm-hmm. uh, okay, move the thing, and then he was, like, coming at me, like, getting yeah. up, and I closed the thing back, and I was like, Aah! and then, uh, I went to go, I did not turn around again, I was like, yeah. unless he attacks me, I'm not gonna fucking look at him, because I need to move this <laughs> stupid bunk bed, uh, so I, I moved the bunk beds and went through, and it was not, like, a huge problem, yeah, but. Yeah, he, he doesn't come out till the very end. Yeah. If you, if you, uh, if you trap him, mm-hmm. but you can definitely trap him in, like the in between sections, because mm-hmm. I did that at first. Time. I was like, okay, walk into here and he'll what? Oh, shit, okay. No, he fucking. He walked in here with me. Hang on. I need to. It's like corralling like a. Like your baby brother. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just. I gotta get him out of here. He's, okay, now I can do it. And then, like, uh, what's also works too with, uh, with the tension is <laughs> if you down him in between the bunk beds. He will, like, the bunk beds won't move if he's there. Oh, yeah. So if he's just, like, like down, well, and, like, he'll also, like, be crawling towards you. So if he crawls in between the bunk beds and you, like, got in between them in the safe area, you're kind of like, okay, I can turn around and I can, can he, oh, shit, he's right there. <laughs> I can't close it off. Fuck, yeah. fuck, yeah. So then you have to exit out. You have to make sure he's going to go out of there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go back. And, like, it's, yeah. it's so good. It's like the opposite of an escort mission. Or it's mm-hmm. like an evil escort mission. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's still there there throughout like the rest of the level but like nowhere near as scary as that one part yeah and it almost feels like i don't know that 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 feels as though like they just had that thought the developers just had that thought to do that like okay we're gonna have this tension room what do we have to come at you at the end here what if we bring the hunter back like oh that actually works perfectly um yeah because regular necromorphs sort of not hit as well as no absolutely and you could just kill them immediately yeah Mm -hmm. um I, i would love to see a compilation of people like let's players or twitch streamers playing this part of this game because i bet every single person goes oh shit oh shit like even if they're not panicking Mm -hmm. like over the top let's players i bet there's people who play this game for the first time every single person has some kind of like oh fuck reaction you should keep that in mind because the remake's coming out and i want to see how they do this in the remake yeah totally Mm -hmm. Is, is the remake supposed to be like a totally like a total reimagining of the game. It's, it's not a, just a re-release. It's a it's like a from the ground up. Wow. But I think because Isaac is a silent protagonist in this, I think in the new one he speaks. Okay. And I think um, Dead Space Two, I want to say, had full like motion 
um, zero G, and in this you just hit a button to like go from wall to wall. Yeah. Um, I think the the remake will have full like in zero G, like moving around in three D. Cool. So well, you know, um, speaking of the the zero G parts, we didn't really touch on those too much, but uh, again, from like a game design perspective, I was really impressed by those parts they're uh technologically they're really really cool yeah they're awesome like you, you walk into a part and like zero g parts are just like closed off little rooms mm-hmm. it like reminded me of mario galaxy the way yeah. that you have to hop around the room because you can walk on the ceiling you can walk on the walls mm-hmm. uh so you have to get a different perspective of the room to figure out how you need to solve whatever puzzle yeah. is in front of you and it really works with like seeing an enemy there because you might hear an enemy from the upper right Mm-hmm. But you're like, wait, hang on. And you move over to the upper right and you're like, is he over there? And then you're like, uh, you're like, oh shit, he like came down to me. Like he already jumped yeah. in front of me. Mm-hmm. You well, or you see the enemy on the other side of the room and they leap off the wall and they fly at you for like five seconds and you mm-hmm. can try to shoot them before they get to you or stasis them midair yeah. or jump away yourself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, the best part with the zero G stuff I thought was when um, there was a puzzle that I couldn't figure out at the end of the game. Was it that the sending the asteroid out with the SOS? Uh, yes, 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 it was. Yeah, because I, I got stuck on that too. Because I was like, "Where am I supposed to go?" The yep. crux is that you have uh, two like tethers, um, and you like can destroy them, uh, and then um, there's four tethers. There are two. two he- Two tethers indoors, and there's two tethers on the outside in the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was also like, where the fuck am I supposed yeah, to go? Yeah, because you walk into the room, and you know you're supposed to plant a beacon on an asteroid, then detach the asteroid and send it out into space. So you walk into this zero-gravity room where you're supposed to do this, and you see the big asteroid. Yeah. And you can, like, land on it, but you die immediately. There, there's giant, like things that are keeping it in place that are like moving every two seconds yeah and so you think like what do i need to kinesis what do i need to and you can't kinesis the things to slow the map down yeah so it's like what and you have to like jump in between those and then like go to the outside you just have to shoot the kinesis things or the there's like little things holding the asteroid no those i know but you there's two of them there's one on the outside there's Two on the outside and two on the inside. So I would, like, shoot the two on the inside, and then I would see, like, the, the thing moving, like, the asteroid, like, belt thingy yeah. that was holding it in place, and I'd be like, okay, now I plant the SOS beacon, right? And then I would plant the SOS beacons, and there's not enough time for you to do it, otherwise yeah, you die. Yeah, try to time it a bunch. And I, I was like, uh... And it's like... And then I went online and looked it up, and it was mm-hmm. like, if you do it on the outside, I'm like, there's an outside? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was what I was like, oh, I never would have yeah. guessed that. But it was really cool because you jump onto the asteroid and you just walk right out into the vacuum of space on the other side of it yeah. to plant the beacon. So, like, as much as I was stuck by that puzzle, that was a really cool moment to be like, whoa, I'm just, like, walking out into space mm-hmm. to plant this beacon. This is fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, there are other really cool, like, zero-G parts. Like, do you like what the part where they're like, you have to get to these cannons mm. and you have to, like, walk out uh to these cannons i don't know why the fuck they designed them this way instead of just having like like hey let's have a covering so that you walk out to oh the thing. yeah like, that and, part because if you walk out to the uh to the pathway to the cannons it's out in zero g 
and there's you're in a fucking asteroid belt, mm-hmm. so there's asteroids help, uh, like peppering every single time you go outside. So you have to hide behind the, the cover when the asteroids come, because mm-hmm. they're like little mini asteroids that'll fucking kill you because they're moving like bullets. Yep. And it's like, how come you didn't just put a covering over this? Yeah. You're in space. If I have you to can if, do it, if the people on the ship would have to walk here, yeah, because they're like the you have to you have to you have to program it by shooting the asteroids. Um, it it doesn't have an auto target on, but if you shoot enough asteroids, its auto targeting will kick in. I don't know. Maybe, I'm maybe. sure that would happen every so often, and you just have to be some poor sod who has to go out and be like, "All right, fix the fucking AA guns, otherwise yeah. we're gonna get killed by asteroids." I mean, I guess the ship had been attacked and needed repairs. Maybe they it is totally normal and functional, and well, uh, like there's no other door to that ship. So if that ever just randomly shut down for no reason, well, but maybe like. Under normal circumstances, there is, like, measures in place, like, in the world of the game. And just in this particular scenario, something was broken. I I mean, not that they were... I'm extrapolating. I think the other one has has a pathway to it, because there's one... um, No, it doesn't. I don't think. There's one that has... That you have to shoot the slug on, and there's one that has... Uh, that you have to shoot asteroids on. And mm-hmm. I wanted to say that the one with the slug has a pathway to it that's covered. I don't think there is a pathway to it that's covered. I don't recall. On but those uh, those machine gunner game or uh, sections, because, you know, uh, there are, are multiple parts where you need to sit down in, like, a gunner and shoot at asteroids or shoot at a big slug that's on the side of the ship. Uh, they were a nice little way to vary up gameplay, but I didn't find them particularly fun. yeah. Uh, so just just noting that generally, <laughs> do you, I have to go, go to the uh, restroom? Can we take a break and then come back and talk about weapons? Because we haven't talked about weapons. Yes, we can talk. talk we'll about be weapons. back in a minute. And we are back. And I think uh, we left off. I was going to ask you uh, about weapons. I mean, we already talked about the plasma cutter, but there are other weapons in the game. Uh, what weapons did you use, Ryan? Uh, I'll tell you what, I didn't realize till like, <laughs> way late in the game that you can store weapons, because, mm-hmm. like, there are four weapon slots, so you can carry four weapons with you at all times, Yeah, but there are more than four weapons that you can construct in the game. Yeah. But if you want to use different weapons, you have to swap them out at the store, like, in mm-hmm. your inventory. Did not realize that until I was pretty far into the game. And at that point, I was like, well, I like these weapons, so I don't really think I need anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used the plasma cutter. I used the uh, ripper saw, the buzz saw. Okay. Um, the uh, momentum cannon. Force gun? The force gun, thank you. And then the, um, what the fuck? Oh, the uh, plasma rifle. Pulse rifle. Pulse rifle, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, That's I used those four weapons. Because I, I used, uh, I also used the plasma cutter, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's the best weapon in the game. That's the most satisfying weapon. It's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just the most, it has the most utility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the pulse carbine, uh, I also used. That gun is very good at just, like, clearing out the smaller stuff. Um, it's also can be, like, an oh shit gun. If you level it up a bunch, it does a bunch of damage, and you yeah. can be like, 
shit, I'm like surrounded by enemies and you're just like, I just need to fucking shoot <laughs> stead. It's got to cut people down. Um, it's alt fire sucks. I didn't even use it. It has fire. a, it, uh, it's alt fire is like Isaac like puts it on the ground and it like spins. Oh yeah. What was that supposed to do? It's supposed to like damage a bunch of enemies in like a circle, but it sucks. Yeah. I think I used it once because in the later games you shoot a grenade. And I was like, oh yeah, didn't you have a grenade? And then like I, I used it in this like early when I got it and I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so awkward. I did use it. I tried to use it and it's like, it cuts to like a farther away angle, mm-hmm. which is already jarring. And then Isaac does this like motion that he like never does for any other reason. Yeah. And you're just like, what is going on? What the f-? And you don't want to do that when you've got enemies attacking you. You don't want to mm-hmm. be like, what the fuck is going on? So I, I think, it, and counter to that the weapon is so has so much like use as like a panic mode weapon or like an oh shit weapon so yeah why would i ever use an alternate form yeah. that is is weird and, and I stupid don't really know if it ever comes to use like if it if you level up the damage if it's ever like more powerful and useful maybe because i was just like eh, no yeah i never tried um it. so i yeah uh and then i used the line gun uh, and then I used the flamethrower. The line gun is a plasma cutter that's always horizontal um, and uh, can like one shot enemies legs off or arms off like almost instantaneously. Cool. Um, if you if you level it up enough uh, and um, it can shoot pretty fast. What I actually like about that gun is it kind of like jams. I think it has a there's an RNG in it where it won't fire right away. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so you might fire it and then you'd be like, fuck, why is it not going off again? Cause I know this is the pattern that it's supposed to go off at mm. and, uh, and it won't fire. So I think that is actually RNG. Hmm. Um, uh, and that's really cool cause it ups the tension in a yeah. horror game. Yeah. Well, and that sounds like a kind of OP gun too. So it's have... very, it's probably like the second or third best gun in the game. Right. Um, cause it has a mine. Uh, as it's secondary fire, and the mine will hurt you, but it can almost one-shot any enemies. Wow. There, uh, we never talked about during the enemy section, there are uh, enemies that are like pure black. They're like enhanced versions of the other enemies, um, and it can even like take down some of those guys, like at least cut off their limbs, because it's mm. a big explosion, Nice, um, which is pretty good but it takes a while to warm up like it's not like a mine that you can just set down it's like you set it down and then it has to be like boop, 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 and then it'll blow up um and uh sometimes in your, when you're in the middle of a fight you're just like i can't fire this yeah I, i'm so. it's too crowded i can't get away yeah. yeah it is interesting the way like you know I, I didn't really play that way where with that mine function it sounds like you can almost like set traps and do like tower defense kind of stuff no because it doesn't stay there again it, it's oh. on a timer okay. it's like um uh it's like doesn't uh fox have a timer on his mines fox snake have a timer on his mines in smash it's it's more like his down b yeah uh it has a you can if you put it down and you don't activate it after like i think 2 minutes it blows up on its own but you can okay. also blow it up on yeah. at will whenever you want. You can't blow us up at will, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't get affected by enemies walking past it. It's just like you set it down. It maybe has maybe 
five seconds of charge up time and then it blows up. Okay, interesting. Um, and then I use the flamethrower and the flamethrower is absolute garbage. Yeah, I, I saw that it was an option. I was like, I don't think that's what I want. Like, that doesn't sound very effective. I remember it being very powerful late game if you level it up enough. And I was like, let me try it. And it's garbage for two reasons. <laughs> One, it doesn't work in the vacuum. Mm. I love that. I love that. It's a nice detail. That they yeah. were like, hey, it uses oxygen. There's no oxygen in space. <laughs> just useless. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, it's just not long range. Mm. So, like, I think um, the force gun is not long range, but, you know, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And the Ripper isn't, but the Ripper can, like, send out buzz saws. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I imagine the flamethrower was meant for, like, small enemies on the ground right in front of you. It's perfect for swarmers, and yeah. it's really good when there's a lot of little, like, lurkers around, um, if you level it up, but, again, it, it, it's not worth the time to invest into it, but if you want to try it, it's not terrible. Well, I mean, especially if the... If you have the um, pulse revolver, pulse rifle, or whatever, yeah, like, that that's, thing at taking out swarmers a uh, hundred times more it's effective. It's way better, and yeah. it's better for other enemies too. So, yeah. and it works in uh, the vacuum. So, and I felt bad. I was like, I should switch these out since we're talking about it on a podcast. But whatever, I didn't. I was like, ah, I'm just not going to use those yeah. other guns. <laughs> that's the, my experience. Uh, um, the contact beam uh, is the other gun that's in the game, and it is. Almost a one-hit kill, I think, mm -hmm. on everything. It's like uh, like a little beam that fires out, takes a little bit to charge, um, but it just chunks enemies. Mm -hmm. um, I think it blows off like all their limbs like instantly. Yeah, but I... it only has like one ammo that it comes with at a time. Yep, and it, uh, no, uh, mine had four, so it would be you could hold it, charge, boom. And you can do I, that full four times. I think when you find ammo, the ammo oh, sure. only comes as one. Like yes. The, the okay. The fuel for like the flamethrower is like twenty five, and like uh, pulse car uh, pulse rifle ammo is like twenty five or something. Yeah, you, know? you are so. correct. Uh, but no, I yeah, I, I appreciated the the gun variety. Um, I couldn't help but wonder if the game should have just been designed around the plasma cutter like entirely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm assuming it was, and these other guns were just, like, you know, icing on the cake. But I, I was wondering throughout, like, would it have been cooler to unlock new gimmicks and upgrades for the plasma cutter? Or was it better to have uh, the gun, alternate gun options? Because I, I think the plasma cutter, mm -hmm. like we said, is the most satisfying to use gun in the game. Do you mean more so, like, control did it? Where it is entirely new guns, or just do you mean, like, just have new options? Like, maybe there is a rapid-fire pulse, right? Pulse, yeah, I cutter, guess plasma cutter, blah. I guess what I'm asking is, personally, I would have been fine just using the plasma cutter throughout the whole game. Mm -hmm. Do you think the game would have been better or worse if they would have just had one gun the whole time, as opposed to... Um, like, if, if it was, the whole game was designed around the plasma cutter, I think you could really do a lot of fun, like, puzzles and stuff with it, or, like, have even more variety and more engagement with different ways to interact with different enemies. Um, but because you have the option to switch guns whenever you want, and you can deconstruct the plasma cutter even to sell it for um, credits, um, I feel as though uh, the combat, like, the guns had to be kept pretty, like, 
uh, you know, not generic, but basic. Yeah, you, they couldn't really serve a specific function. Like you, there was no part where you specifically needed to use the plasma cutter. And it might have been nice to go through the game with sort of the signature weapon uh, for different puzzles and things like that. Like I don't, I, I thought it would have been cool to go through with like this one weapon that is used for everything that they could really build the entire game around, as opposed to having to keep things a little more. Um, the combat a little more uh, spread across different like like gun types depending on what to, to compensate for what the player might be be using at the time. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, um, I, I think that the the that the gun combat is really good, and I think that like having variety of weapons is good because I don't feel like any of the weapons are that like out of place. Because, mm. Like, I like that, you know, you don't just have, like, a shotgun. You don't sure. have a, uh, you have a machine gun with the pulse rifle. But, you know, it's, it's uh, if after the plasma cutter, which is basically your pistol, and your pulse carbine, which is your machine gun, it kind of gets weird from there, you know. Mm. I like that the ripper, it's like, okay, I'm, like, telekinesing a buzzsaw in the air. Yeah, to to cut off limbs, you know that, that's, that's weird. That gun is pretty fun to use. I, I guess that is it. Is like every new gun is like a cool like what does this do? It's like a, a bit of a, a yeah. sci-fi thing. And the, they're like sci-fi, but they're also like on paper. They're supposed to be used to like mine mm-hmm. um, or like fix stuff. Um, except for the pulse carbine, like that's really the only one that's not supposed to be used for that. Like. You're supposed to use, like, the Ripper to be like, okay, like, I need to, like, cut into this area over here and I need a buzzsaw to do it because, like, I can use the buzzsaw up here to, like, uh, cut this thing up here, this cord or whatever. So, you know, like, that's cool. Um, And I think it, like, makes the world more interesting that, like, these people are just using these random weapons that they got on a ship in this shitty situation. Sure, you know. I, I agree, yeah. I, I think that does add a little bit more world building to it in, in an interesting way. So I was just curious because I, you know, sometimes it's nice to have games designed around one weapon to, to really be fleshed out a lot. Sometimes but. I think that the games can get kind of boring in one note over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel like that in Breath of the Wild where I was like, okay, like I get it with uh, with the tools that are there and I was actually missing like... I played through Link's Awakening, and I was like, I like that, you know, you can have the, uh, well, I guess all of the things there, like, the same, like, Boomerang is gonna be the same, and whatever, and blah, 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 um, but, I, I don't know, you can get, like, the hook shot, you can get the, the grappling hook, and, like, Wind Waker, and you can get, like, the giant skull hammer, and, and, like, the ball and chain and Twilight Princess, like, you know, there are, like, a bunch of variety of weapons, and, in Zelda, and it's kind of Breath of the Wild misses that sort of like sense of discovery because mm. there's a sense of discovery with these weapons when you take out sure. the contact beam. It doesn't just say um, sniper rifle, right? It's just contact beam. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah, um, and that's cool. Yeah, I, I guess that's uh, that's true too. You have to find the schematics for the weapons. It's not like you just arbitrarily get them. Yeah, and you uh, have to find the schematics for the ammo. Yeah, yeah. 
So that is that is an interesting like layer of world building and sort yeah. of exploration in, in the game. What did you think about the weapon upgrade system? Because there's uh, the weapon upgrade system uses power nodes, mm. um, and whatever the upgrade system has like a tree that you can go down and choose to like oh upgrade this or that. Anyway, um, like the way that it uses the power nodes um, is that like you can either use them to upgrade your equipment. Or there are like emergency supply rooms throughout uh, the Ishimura, and you can choose to like save your power nodes for a supply room that you think might be up ahead, um, or you can um, use them to upgrade your weapons. And you can buy power nodes, mm -hmm. like you know you might need to buy some ammo, you might need to buy some med packs. Yeah, you know, and I I, I like that sort of like push and pull. And later games do a better job at it, where they're like. Hey, there's more um, emergency supply rooms. There's really only one per chapter in this, and a lot of chapters like they just skip some. So I was gonna say I did not feel very tempted by the emergency supply rooms when I saw them. You know, like I, I think the allure of upgrading my guns and my armor is just way too much fun and tempting as opposed to like supplies that I'll find throughout the environment anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think, like, later games do a better job at, like, giving you more incentive to get to open those where they might have, like, unique blueprints in them. Sure. Um, whereas in this, they pretty much just have supplies or, like, an audio log here or there. Mm -hmm. And it's... But, you know, like you said, it is nice that um, you can buy power nodes. You know, there's a... We didn't even talk about this too much, but um, you pick up things throughout the game and it's, like, you know... Uh, ammunition, weapons, supplies, and uh, stuff that's just worth money, like gold semiconductors yeah. or credits. Um, There's and a then, store. It's Resident yep. Evil. Yeah, it's Resident Evil. You can go to the store and sell stuff and then get money and buy what you need. Med packs, ammo, uh, armor upgrades, that sort of thing. Uh, you can buy power nodes, which you take to workbenches, which um, that's the place where you upgrade yourself. Um, and I, I really liked, you know, especially towards the end of the game... <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I felt like I was really, like, getting powerful. You know, I think the yeah. sense of progression by using power nodes to upgrade my armor and my weapons was really uh, worth it for me. So whenever I found a power node or whenever I had enough money to buy a power node, I got excited because I wanted to upgrade my plasma cutter. Because uh, it's like, it's an investment too, right? Yeah. You know, if I upgrade my armor so that I'm better protected... I can last longer, which means I don't have to spend as much money on ammunition, so I can spend my money on another power node to upgrade my armor again, so I can yeah. repeat the process. So yeah. Good feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. It's like a positive snowball effect. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like that dynamic, and that definitely added a... Like, I, I hope this isn't jumping around too much, but at the end of the game, um, after you beat it, the after the credits, the game says you were awarded, uh, I think... 10 power nodes, you're mm -hmm. awarded 50,000 credits, you're awarded all this stuff, and it was like, whoa, shit, I can go back and really, like, uh, pump my Isaac build up, like, really, yeah. like, do a lot of shit. Yeah. I mean, so, and there, there's no way you're going to upgrade everything in the first playthrough. No, absolutely so. not, yeah. So it was, temp like, it's the idea of going through this game with everything maxed out and just wiping the floor with everything with everything sounds really fun. Or just experimenting, being like, okay, yeah. like I want to play through this game with just like stasis yeah. and my plasma cutter and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um or like I wanna just have 
the flamethrower, you know? Um, and that's really cool. Like, I like that the game gives you that option. And obviously, like, Resident Evil does, like, the same thing. Like, the later Resident Evil games do a lot of the same stuff where they're like, you know, here's, do a knife-only playthrough, do a, you know, uh, here's, like, a super pistol. Like, you get that. There, I had, like, I think I had every DLC unlocked because I had all of the, um, uh, the, like, either they were pre order or DLC weapons. For I don't know. Dead Space? Yeah. Oh. Um, I just, like, I got into the store and I kept scrolling and it was like, the, the, the engineer's plasma pulse rifle. And I was like, what the fuck? I think I Why do. Why do I have that? I, I have a vague memory of seeing, like, GameStop commercials where it's like pre-order, pre-order Dead Space and get the engineer, the exclusive engineer's blah, 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 that bundle for free. Definitely became a theme in 2 and 3 because 2 has different suits. Mm. There's a suit that you all unlock at the end of this game. Mm. Um, and then um, 3 has customizable weapons mm. and loot crates. It's one of the first games with loot crates that I, I remember. I do remember that. So, and I actually think they're, they're like... Their weapon creating system is pretty good in three. Can we so, talk about Isaac's armor for a sec? Yeah, because it's Isaac armor is very very iconic. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, um, I, describe his armor for me. Well, Jordan, uh, his <laughs> armor it it everything in the game is it looks like it was built around like resembling a rib cage or like resembling mm-hmm. something organic. So Isaac's armor has like thin plates of metal going up and down it that look like spinal columns and rib cages and uh it's just very like metal looking uh it's very industrial and badass uh it almost looks like a knight's armor filtered through like yeah. a detroit steel mill or detroit uh, car factory or something mm-hmm. uh and his mask has three blue horizontal lines going down his face uh it's fucking cool it looks awesome and i love that every single time you upgrade your suit it will change the faceplate. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what's it going to look like next? And it always looks badass. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a tweak to make it look even cooler. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, Isaac's armor sort of looks like if Boba, Boba Fett was a Cenobite from uh, Hellraiser. That, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, it's almost like BDSM industrial steampunk mm-hmm. armor. And, like, in fact, like, the second game is a close-up of... Uh, Isaac's helmet. That's the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and even though it's a different suit, it's like, you know, it's still the same design. What I actually think is really interesting, what I, uh, what I wanted to talk about actually is the, um, like, this game became really iconic for whatever reason, even though it just didn't sell that well. Mm. Like, Isaac is a DLC character in PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Right. Which right. is like, what... Uh, I, I mean, like, the Big Daddy is there, but, like, the Big Daddy is, like, like iconic. Yeah, truly iconic. You, like, yeah. people, like, know who the Big Daddy is, like, within the gaming sphere. Like, Dead Space, people know who Isaac is and, like, know, like, Dead Space, but, like, it didn't sell well, like, at all. That was surprising to me when you said that um, off camera, I guess. Because I, I had heard a lot about Dead Space when it came out. Even though I didn't play it when it came out, it was, like, I always thought of it as, like, a, a very... Uh, defining game of this generation. I, I I think so too. I think it the it totally deserved more uh, than it got. I mean, it sold 
Um, the first game sold, I think, about one million or two million copies, like, about in total. Hmm. Which, when you look at a new IP, that's great. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, most new IP, like, even in 2008, I guess, probably uh, at that time, like, maybe that's, like, an indie game would be, like, really happy about that. But, like, nowadays, like, a new IP, like, uh, would be, like holy shit, like, we sold a million copies, like, that's great. Like, I think Nier uh, Automata has sold, like, 7.5 million, and that released in 2017, Hmm. and that's, like, a sequel Mm -hmm. to, like, a niche JRPG, and, like, that's pretty damn good. For a sequel to a niche JRPG. Yeah, and this is, like, brand new, like, we're making a survival horror game, which is already a niche genre in and of itself. It's M-rated, so you're not going to get kids to play it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's pretty violent and, like, disgusting. <laughs> um, so, like, and it's at the time when streaming had not been invented yet. Mm-hmm. Like, Justin TV had just, like, come out, I think, um, and YouTube wasn't a thing. Um, so nobody's, like, posting videos of it on YouTube. Um, I think it did pretty well, but it just... This game never satisfied EA's uh, lofty expectations for it. Dead Space 2 was more expensive. Um, it, I think, sold like 4 million copies. Hmm. Um, uh, which I think at the time, when I was reading the Wikipedia at the very least, like the um, EA said like Dead Space 2 sold like as well as Dead Space 1 did. But it was more expensive, um, even though it got, like, pretty much the same score. It just, like, the budget, it didn't, hmm. it couldn't, couldn't meet the expectations like of it, the budget. It, it sold as well as Dead Space 1 did relative to its budget, and we wanted it to sell, like, way above what yeah. Dead Space 1 did relative yeah, to, Dead to Space, its budget. Yeah, Dead Space 2 was one of the most expensive games at the time wow. being made. And I remember, like, it had... There was the Dead Space spin-off Wii game. Yeah. There was a Dead Space iPhone game. There yep. was a Dead Space Xbox Live Arcade puzzle game. <laughs> like, puzzle in that it was, like, uh, like puzzle fighter, like Tetris-type game. Um, there was a, a movie, Martyr, that came out, an animated movie. Um, really? I've never heard of that. Where did that debut? It was on DVD. Oh, wow. Yeah, straight-to-DVD movie. Oh, cool. Um, and there were books... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, uh, the, the 2011 Dead Space 2 came out and it could not meet expectations. Dead Space 3 came out in 2013, like January, like the year, uh, before like, you know, Last of Us and, um, or the year of like Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite and whatnot. And I think it got like pretty good reviews, but it also didn't sell well at all either. Hmm. It was uh, it was one of the most expensive games at the time. I think even probably more expensive than like The Last of Us or Bioshock Infinite. I think mostly because of marketing. Hmm. Like it, it had an insane marketing budget. Yeah, Dead Space Three. I definitely remember seeing a ton of promotions for seeing yeah. a ton of like E three footage of it. Like that that game was trying to make a big splash. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's shocking to me that that these games. Uh, are thought of by the company that made them like they're they're thought of as like a luke lukewarm reception because 
I well, commercially. I think right, every single right. game did well uh, critically. critically yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just well that that's crazy to me that they didn't. They're not thought of as selling well because that like these games are emblematic. I, I think of Dead Space when I think of the Xbox 360 and the mm-hmm. PlayStation 3 in the same way that I think of uh, the Xbox 360 and the pre- PlayStation 3 when I, th- I think of Bioshock, yeah. you know, or like uh, like just this generation of games, like Dead Space was the new uh, IP at the time, the new kid on the block, and it, I, I mean, I think people were talking about I mean, it. I mean, 2007, 2008 were like that time when it was like, New IP, new IP, yeah, new IP, yeah. new IP. We're selling consoles. And uh, and Dead Space was like up there with like, hey, here's a new, a brand new horror IP and mm-hmm. like nobody else has really done sci-fi horror since. Well, and that's like, I yeah, like I said, playing this game made me nostalgic uh, because this kind of game, like, I don't know, something about Dead Space just felt so quaint yeah. compared to like where games I are mean, at now. This is, I've always thought Dead Space was the inheritor of the Resident Evil mm. um, franchise, mm. an inheritor of, of their legacy, because Resident Evil uh, had four, and uh, everybody loves four. Right. Um, and four, like, I had not played four till after this, and I was kind of like, eh, but I also don't really like, you know, just... Uh, spooky modern horror because i'm like eh, whatever yeah dead space is a, a kind of horror that i really like yeah. yeah it's like it's just like a village in resident evil 4 it's like okay it's creepy but it's more action based you yeah. know um and this is like action still but it's still creepy mm-hmm. um well and it has that sort of sci-fi element to it too like the weapons you use are sci-fi the setting and the location is sci-fi you know it's it has it's doing a little bit more in terms of like you know, uh, being unique in this genre as opposed to Resident Evil 4. Like, you know, I know a lot of people love it, but the aesthetic is kind of just like a zombie game, you know? Yeah, and that, this is still zombies in space, but, you but know. It, yeah, it's, it's such a different flavor of it that it, it really, um, I mean, I think it, it stands out a lot. Yeah, and I mean, Resident Evil, like, after 4, it did 5, which um, people are lukewarm on, I think, as years have passed. At the time, it got really great reviews, but I think going back, people are more like, eh. Is that the one with Chris Redfield? <clears throat> Five. Yeah, it's the one with Chris Redfield and Shiva. Okay, yep. I know um, what that is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, six, people hate. Yeah. Uh, and then seven is really where it was like, oh, shit, like, so these games are back. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and we went a whole generation without any Dead Space games. Which is crazy, because the, the Dead Space trilogy is, like, that yeah. generation, you know? We didn't even get a, um, we didn't even get a re-release. Like, yeah. uh, we finally got a Mass Effect re-release last year, after years of people being like, just fucking release it, guys. <laughs> it's a, it's an easy mark. Like I know maybe those, it will sell. Yeah. Those games aren't going to sell like a billion copies. They're not Call of Duty. I get it, but just do a fucking like clean up it a little bit, which is harder. That we're not game developers, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's harder than just clicking file save as PS4. You know. Yeah. Um. But you know, like they did a lot of work on on. Mass Effect trilogy and it did really well and um, I I was shocked that we never got that with Dead Space one two and three like just a port 
Yeah, well, we even got it with uh, Bioshock. You know, we got the mm-hmm. Bioshock drill. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of just the life cycle that a game like this needs to go through. You know, it it comes out, it uh, strikes a chord with a certain uh, uh, per type of person in this generation of gaming, and then a generation passes, and it's kind of old hat, and people forget about yeah. it a little bit. But then uh, people go start to go, hey, remember Dead Space? Dead Space was pretty good. Yeah, those games were awesome. Why don't they make another one of those? And then the demand for yeah. it comes back, and then you get a re-release and a ground-up remake, and maybe a new one. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I think we're getting this this front on the ground-up remake that releases in a month. Yeah, <laughs> not even. Um, and uh, we got like the Callisto Pro- Protocol, which is from Glenn Schofield, which is like hyped up as like, oh, it's from the creator of. Dead Space. Yeah. I think we're getting like that because people are like, wait a minute, like we didn't get another one of those guys. So well, what what do you think? I mean, what puts Dead Space above its competitors? What makes it stand out compared I mean, to like I think the games? weapons and I think like the the HUD and like the the environmental design is really great. Like yeah. especially like the HUD and the and the weapons as the game go uh, the game series went on, like the weapons became more and more interesting. There's, like, an impaler, you know, that oh, yeah. just shoots spikes. I definitely heard that, yeah. Um, there is, like, a, a a fun little, like, sniper rifle. There's, like, a little, like, submachine gun type gun. Um, there's a... If you beat the um, second game on Impossible, which is, like, uh, like that game mode and, and is different from Impossible in this, where you get three saves, and that's it. Wow. Only three saves. That is impossible. Um, and uh, if you beat it, you get a foam finger that one-shots everything. <laughs> what? Yes. In Dead Space 2? Yes. That's awesome. And then in 3, if you uh, if you beat that on, a, on like the hardest difficulty, which I don't know what that is, um, you uh, unlock Devil Horns, which is the same thing. It's Devil Horns. <laughs> oh, nice. That you... Uh, um, a Devil Horns foam finger. Um, and then uh, uh, it also kills enemies in one hit. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. So, man, really yeah. great. That the another thing that's like interesting about these games is the way that uh, when you look at it against the the games of its generation, like uh, like against Bioshock and against uh, you know God of War, uh, there are a lot of similarities. I think, but there's Dead Space also has some key differences. You know, I think these late two thousands, early twenty teens games. They're very uh, dark and like edgy. They're sort of yeah. Uh, like even when we played Mad World on here, it's sort of like dripping with that like mid two thousands edge that a lot of yeah was very prominent in the gaming scene at the time. <laughs> uh-huh. So Dead Space definitely has elements of that where it's like everything's dark and it's grimy and it's we're just murdering. That's all this gore everywhere. Um, but where it stands out from those games is I I think. Uh, it's it's trying. Well, I mean, I guess even comparing it to Bioshock, there's a lot of environmental storytelling with Dead Space. There's a lot of like audio log pickup uh, that fill in the gaps of story with Dead Space, reading text and stuff like that. It's all very reminiscent of Bioshock, but uh, I, I think the like you said, the weapons and the gameplay in Dead Space mixed with that stuff, on top of having a layer of sci-fi paint, uh, helps make it like it, a really unique kind of thumbprint when standing. When you put it against the likes of Bioshock and God of War, these hyper-violent um, kind of like uh, gore fests or like dystopian Gear, yeah. fests. Gears of War is something else. It's also yeah. Like, kind of like, 
mm-hmm. chainsaw gun, and this is like you got a plasma cutter, yeah, and that's it. It's it's, it's like uh, combat in this game is like performing surgery. It's really fun. Yeah, uh, and I, actually, we didn't touch on the story really at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, we can clip through that real quick. Yeah, I mean, like the the story is the story. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not like the story is like boring it's just there as like you've said it's a haunted house Mm -hmm. so you just kind of go through it i mean like the story of the game is like you land on the ship the ishimura and you're like i gotta find my girlfriend kind of but i also gotta save this ship and you don't really know about isaac he doesn't talk ever Mm -hmm. i think he narrates in his audio and his mission logs yeah which was cool I never read them. I, I I didn't read them all the time, but yeah, throughout the game, when your objectives get updated, like you have to go repair this part of the ship, you can go in the menu and read Isaac's thoughts on the ship, and there's usually like a little pepper of him, his yeah. sort of like personality, like he'll, yeah. you know, I have to go repair that part of the ship, uh, if it's even still there, who knows, that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's it's a nice little... Wallpaper. He did. He has a personality in two and three where he actually talks. Right. You're kind of shepherded throughout the game by two characters, Hammond, and I can't remember the woman's name because I'm sexist for some reason. <laughs> it's not Claire, is it? Kendra. Kendra. Claire's um, your girlfriend, I think. No, your girlfriend's name is Ophelia. No, uh, I wrote it down. It is. I didn't write it down. I. Uh, I don't I'll remember. Google it. Keep it, talking. It's not really that important. No. Um, but you you come and you're like, okay, I, we got to go and see what's going on with this ship. And the ship uh, was mining uh, for some stuff. And it was apparently, they're like illegal miners, blah, 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 whatever. Illegal um, miners. And, Nicole. Uh, Nicole. Nicole. Isaac's girlfriend yeah. is Nicole. Um, she uh, She's... She says, make us whole again. You have to, like, check out the ship. And, uh... I, I like, like, that it's a mining ship. Because it, it's, like... I, I like that they're talking about planning, cracking, and whatnot. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's an interesting background. You get to hear, kind of, the in-world explanation for, like, why they're doing that. And, yeah. like, how the processes work. And it's kind of interesting, like, world building. I like that they have, like, a bunch of propaganda for mining yeah. everywhere. When you go throughout hallways, which is cool. You go to various parts of the ship and you're repairing stuff. Eventually, like, there's some, like, really fun, like, setups and payoffs that I don't know if you noticed were, like, were set up, like, when you were playing. Like, early on, like, Hammond, like, finds a necromorph and he's like, I put it in an escape pod. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, like, did you, like, were you like... Oh, that's going to come back later. Or were you just like, oh, cool. I I was like, that's either going to come back in the sequel or be the stinger in like the end, the very end of the game. No. And it comes in the middle, which is cool Mm -hmm. because, uh, because, um, eventually you, you and Hammond or you and you get separated from Hammond and Kendra's like, I'm out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. We're getting off this well, she, ship. Well, she's like immediately. She's she's like we gotta like this. Let's just get out of here and come back. I with think Hammond's like we have a job to do. Yeah, yeah. And the like, uh, mission is this, and, and we're doing that. And Kendra's like we're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, like because immediately, like five people, and you you come with a crew of like eight people, and yeah. immediately, like most of them. That die. opening is so good. We never talked about the opening that much, but like the opening is like you go into this room. 
You come into the, uh, you, uh, Hammond's like, hey, Isaac, can you go into the other room and press this switch real quick? We gotta, like, turn on some lights. And so you press the switch, and immediately, like, you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then, uh, like, some shit, like, is, like, going on, like, some stuff, like, it just, like, goes wrong in the room. And then, like, right in front of your face, a necromorph comes down. Mm -hmm. There's a guy standing right in front of you on the other side of glass. He gets stabbed by a necromorph. Like, another guy starts shooting or whatever. And then it's just all hell breaks loose. Like, three people die. uh, Four people, whatever. A bunch of people die. And then, uh, um, and then Kendra's just like, just run. Yeah, yeah. And then immediately you have to run. You have no weapon. Mm -hmm. There's, like, you don't know how many necromorphs are chasing you. But they are chasing you. Yeah, you And they can can catch you. Mm -hmm. And you go to an elevator. And you close it, like, just in time. For a necromorph like attacking you, and then uh, you're like, I'm safe in the elevator, and then it immediately opens up, and yeah. a necromorph uh, then tries to break in, and then the door shut again and cut off its arm, mm-hmm. and you're like, what the fuck? And that's like in the first five minutes, and it's yeah. it, it like it definitely works to set up the tension. Well, and it's great too because uh, yeah, like you said, from there that establishes that the necromorphs are really dangerous. They could attack you at any time, even if you think you're safe. And you're completely isolated. That's and that's the whole game, basically. Because yeah. you, uh, every time you run into an NPC like Kendra or Hammond, they're always behind glass. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not behind glass, like there's a moment where Hammond is like in an area where it's like there's the air is poison, mm-hmm. so he's like on the ground. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's a moment where, um, Kendra is like in front of you, but uh, she's or no, not Kendra. Nicole's uh, like in front of you, but she's on like the other side of a um, of a walkway, right. so you can't, can't reach her. You can't reach her like mm-hmm. until you get to the end of the game, where you eventually do like run into NPCs, which it's pretty much just Nicole, and you can like walk around like Nicole. But she's like the only NPC that like you really walk around. Even like Kine yeah. is like he gets shot, like but he's like far away when he gets shot. Like yeah. the guy. The religious dude is like behind glass, or mm-hmm. like you open up a door and he's getting attacked. You know, you're, you're never really directly interacting. With, no, with any living thing other than the the necromancers. Necromancers, yeah, yeah. Um, necromorphs. Necromorphs. Sorry, necromancers <laughs> are are death wizards. Death yeah. wizards. Yeah, uh, but um, necromorphs. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, um, I like that setup with the. Uh, with the escape pod, eventually, mm-hmm. when they send out the SOS beacon on the asteroid, it gets picked up by a military ship, and then the military ship comes. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, we have to repair the uh, communications array, because it got damaged. Um, and uh, you're like, okay, we have to hail them. And then when you hail them, when you get the, sh- the communications array fixed, they immediately are like... All right, Ishimura, we've picked up your escape pod, and we're uh, we're getting ready to to take you out of here. And uh, she's like, Kendra's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What, what, I, she like gets on the console, she's like, do not open the escape pod. Yeah, and the guy's like, this is a, a message that will replay every 30 seconds until you respond, so you know it's like a pre-recorded yeah. thing. So he's You're like, oh, fuck. And then when you eventually do get them, they like all are just dead just right away. massacred. Yeah. That's what I love. In, um, that's a good horror movie, when you think you mm-hmm. see a light at the end of the tunnel, and then they just immediately pull yeah. it away from it, you. It, it does all the, all the tropes, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Um, uh, I like 
the um the underlying theme of uh, or the underlying thing in this game is unitology mm-hmm. that which the, yeah what is it uh unitology is a religion that was invented by a dude name i can't remember his name uh, I don't know, uh, it's some it super basic name like Alan. Yeah, it's or like John Smithy or something. Richardson or something. Yeah, yeah. And they, um, they found this object called the marker back in the day. It was on like Mars or some shit. Two hundred years ago. Yeah, and they were humanity like, found it. Yeah, they were like it proved the existence of alien life. Um, and like the government like took it and they like hit it, and then like this guy. Uh, the guy who like inv- who invented unitology was like, they took it away because it like showed the signs of like the afterlife and the proof of existence of immortality and whatever, and uh, and then they like killed him, like the government killed him, and then like um, they like hid the marker and blah 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 blah, and nobody's ever seen it since or whatever, and then um, like in this game it's revealed like as you go along. That, oh shit, like, the people that came here really just came here uh, to find a marker because the planet that they're cracking uh, has uh, a colony on it and the colonists found a marker and they were like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? Right. Uh, And then unitologists heard about it and they were like, okay, let's plan to go to that planet and we'll use planet cracking the ship the or the planet as a cover to grab this marker and we'll leave yeah uh and it turns out the marker does wacky crazy things Mm -hmm. and and makes uh, people crazy some of the wacky yeah it it's very cool like all this information is doled out throughout the course of a 10-hour game so like Mm -hmm. you slowly learn that the marker is like gives people like essentially dementia and like uh panic uh a panicked mentality so they yeah. just like people become like paranoid and don't remember anything and just like are screaming about nonsense yeah Kendra early on is like I thought I saw my brother but that's impossible because he's dead yeah he was and it's it's super creepy to have her like because you at that at that point in the game you know that it's possible that people that you're infected with something or whatever and so she's like yeah I saw my brother on the monitors waving to me and she just like says that to you you never see it. And it's just creepy to have someone, like, totally sane be like, hey, Isaac, uh, you might be on your own in a minute because I think I'm slowly going crazy. Yeah, and that's what I like. Uh, We talked about the sound design before. The sound design works then because you don't know if you've gone crazy at that point. You're just hearing random nonsense Mm -hmm. and, like, the ship doing random bleeps and bloops. And who knows if it's actually doing that or if you're going crazy. The setup of people on the ship were hearing things. Uh, is is great to establish that kind yeah. of overlying tension. Uh, I swear there were some points when I was like in the store or just like walking mm-hmm. around when I just heard like wan- random whispering. Uh, oh, there a hundred percent. There's random yeah. whispering. Um, there's uh, did you? There's you know religious iconography over everywhere. Yeah. There's, um, there's like random scrollings on the wall. When you get to the to the chapter with the hunter's second appearance. You get into that area with like the store, mm-hmm. which is like kind of like your safe hub area, and there's um, uh, there's a bunch of dead bodies, yeah, uh, everywhere, and they've all committed suicide because they all believe that they're going to be remade, um, as uh, like necromorphs, mm-hmm. like they think being a necromorph is 
like the next the afterlife like the next stage yeah and the scientist who taunt, taunts you throughout that section like uh, he's a unitologist. Yeah. He's a unitologist, and he uh, at the end of his little arc, um, you know, he's talking to Isaac. Via... We never talked about the infectors. I can't believe it. Oh yeah, that's the other enemy. <laughs> oh type. my god, they're like little manta rays that yeah. fly around and uh, find dead bodies and bring them to life and make them enemies, which is very very cool because mm-hmm. these little manta ray infector things, all the other enemies look like you know what they might look like if a if a human got like infected mm-hmm. and like the manta rays they they don't look like any other like thing they look truly alien yeah, yeah. um and that's that's cool and it's it's cool because like when they go up to a a corpse they're like spreading their like wings mm-hmm. and shooting like little tendrils into it mm-hmm. so it's just like a very creepy kind of possessive image um and that is what the ultimate fate of this doctor guy who's like taunting Isaac or not taunting him but being like you're you don't understand that this is God's work and he at the end of his little story arc he looks at Isaac on his fan cam and says Isaac I'm gonna evolve into the next uh you know step of this whole thing and then uh he like steps back and you see a a manta ray come into frame and start like devouring him and then yeah go. you you said you, you want uh, what's funny is you can you can take as much time as you want and <laughs> yeah. what happens next um but you're supposed to be like walking towards him at this point because when you open up the next like the door to where he's at to like the religious area um he's like getting infected by the infector which is yeah. really cool he's mid transformation and you can kill the infector mm-hmm. and then his body's just there as like any other body yeah. in the ship which is it's interesting. what's also really cool about the infectors is if you uh destroy any limbs on a body that's just laying there they will not infect it mm, so you can you can if you've memorized the game you can go through where you know the infectors will be um and you can destroy any limbs so, like, in that, like, religious area, you can be like, I'm just going to destroy the limbs here. Hmm. Which is really morbid, because you're desecrating corpses, mm-hmm. but it, it, like, you know, you have to. So, I kind of like that in, like, a weird, like, macabre way of, like, hey, this this world is so fucked up. You're in such a fucked up situation that you can't have any respect for the dead. Yeah. You just have to be like, okay, like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of like anything that might attack me true survival horror like yeah. the horrors of surviving yeah and it also works like as a as just like a like a a nice tension building device of like i got into this room there's a bunch of bodies yeah uh will there and sometimes you might forget oh yeah infectors exist especially in that room uh because there's just like a store and usually areas of the store there's you're completely safe mm-hmm. there's not going to be anything that attacks you so. Uh, no, there's a couple. There was one other time in this game when it kind of pulls the rug out from under you, yeah. where you're at a workbench yes. and you're working on stuff, and you know, and every other instance in the game, literally every other instance in the game except this one, mm-hmm. a workbench is a safe thing. Like when you go there to do it, you will not get attacked. You are away from enemies. Yeah. You're totally fine. Uh, but then in this one instance, you exit out of the workbench. And immediately an enemy drops down and starts yes. attacking you. And it's awesome. It's great. It's I, I And they only do it once. That's what made it perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish more games did stuff like that to fuck with you. <laughs> uh, fun fact. Uh, I was playing The Last of Us Part 2. And uh, I there are workbenches in that. Mm. And while I was playing it, I went, 
uh, and like at this moment, this exact moment, I went, you know, it would be really cool if they interrupted me working on a workbench at some point with enemies, and I was in that room, there's no enemies around, like mm -hmm. all the doors are closed, and I said that literally out loud, <laughs> and then immediately... Uh, I, uh, somebody like came up and tackled me at the workbench and started <laughs> trying to beat me up. And I was like, okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even scared. I'm not even shocked. I'm just like, Hey, this is brilliant. I love it. I, I, I said it would be great and it's great. It's the, uh, it's the, what if Gwyneth Paltrow got punched? <laughs> yeah. That's a <laughs> deep cut from our, uh, friendship. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I, I like when games do that kind of like pull the rug out from under you stuff, that kind of, uh, you know, especially in a survival horror game. Like, it's 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 like Undertale does that all the time in, in yeah. its, its gameplay. That's the whole point of that game. Real quick, so I don't sound like an asshole about punching one of Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie Sky Captain, in the world of tomorrow, there is a moment where she gets punched in the face by Jude Law. And while we were watching it, which was the first time you had watched this, mm -hmm. I think you said... What if what if Paltrow just got punched in the face by Jew Law and then it immediately happened as soon as you said that? Yeah, it so. was, I was like, what if he punched her and said, shut up, bitch, and then he turned around and he punched her? He literally did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's in the movie. That's what we're referencing. We're not uh, actually... And we laughed for like five... I think we had to rewind the movie because we were laughing so much. Yeah, we were like, I can't believe we just called that. And I had never... I hadn't seen that movie in like... A decade. And I had never seen it. Yeah, so, it so was... I did not expect that that was going to happen. Yeah, it was funny. So, I, I just didn't want to be like, yeah, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I don't want to cut that, because I think that's a funny moment in the movie. He does it to distract somebody. Yeah, So, yeah. he's not, like, doing it because he's like, fuck you, mm -hmm. bitch. He's like, yeah. no, I, I need to distract somebody. What if I punched a woman? It's played totally differently than yeah. what we were laughing well, at. Yeah. It's a, uh, so, yeah, that's a funny little thing yeah. in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, which is a great movie. Which, you should uh, watch that movie. Yeah, people should watch it. Yeah. it uh, it's not, not super well-known. Yeah. Um, um, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I like the horror elements of this game. I like that they do certain things to fuck with you. Like, I love games that work horror into every element of the game design um and the the even the themes of this game like the story themes are are really disturbing the idea yeah. that uh bodies can get uh turned into like these alien monstrosities you know the even uh we didn't talk about this yet but one of the most disturbing sort of like pepperings of horror in the game are uh, there are parts when you can uh you're walking around the ship and there will be a human that's like half fused into the wall, yeah. And they're just like a husk, and they're like vaguely moaning, and they're just like it's just a torso hanging there. And you can't shoot them in the head and kill them, but it's just like such a depressing, horrific concept to have your humanity just stripped away like that. Yeah, that's an underlying theme is dehumanization in this game. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a very scary concept because like mm -hmm. the religion dehumanizes uh, its followers. The aliens dehumanize the the people that they infect, and then of course you get attacked by the aliens. Yeah, for further it, dehumanization. Yeah, like the religion, like is just a using their people. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's fairly clear, especially as the series go on, um, that it's that um, like the people are just fodder because mm -hmm. it it feels you know totally feels like kind of almost like it's making fun of like Christianity and. Scientology. You could insert so, any religion in there. Uh, I mean, maybe yeah. not, maybe not any religion, but it's clearly sure. a commentary on major organized religions. Yeah, and I, uh, it's creepy. One of the creepier moments in the um, game for me actually was like 
when Isaac learns that the crew of the ship was all like uh, unitologist plants. You can find a audio log of the captain and the captain's like, I'm just going to say it. We're all unitologists. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Like I am, this doctor is, this guy is over Mm -hmm. here. We're all unitologists. And then he's like, Glory to whoever the John Smith or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really creepy, like, wow, they just totally infiltrated this like should have been pretty standard mining procedure mm-hmm. for their weird, creepy cult religion. That's that's yeah. like very disturbing. I mean, who knows what would have happened because like they unearth this marker mm-hmm. and it totally like fucks with everything. Like I don't know um if like the colonists would have been fucked up or whatever yeah like i I mean i think the captain says like the colonists already had the sickness when we got here yeah so there's definitely audio logs and like information in the game that's just uh about they're, they're like something's going on in the colony and uh we can't help them we can't send them supplies they're just gonna leave them to die or whatever yeah um i think um, really, like, in the story, uh, like, there's the other, like, scientist, Kine, who, mm-hmm. like, wants to help you. He's the guy that gets you the, um, like, escape ship. Yeah, he, he he's, comes in at the end, and he essentially is the plot point that lets you get off the ship. Yeah, he's like, I have an escape ship. Um, uh, he's been one of the scientists that was, like, I think he did actually, like, kill somebody at some point. Well, I, I think know. I think he was a unitologist, or he is a unitologist, but he's like, just like, I realized that yeah. what we're doing here is, like, not worth what it costs. Like, we're just murdering everybody. It's never going to stop. Yeah. So he, um, he, like, he defects. tries to get you a ship, um, and then, um, uh, ends up getting shot at the very end of the game. In a twist. Did you see the twist coming? No, I didn't. Okay. No. What, what's the twist? At the beginning of the game, you basically have two characters with you the whole time. Uh, Hawthorne. Hammond. Hammond and Lady Kendra. Kendra. And they're talking to you on comms the whole time. And eventually Hammond leaves the game for a minute because of plot, whatever. He's out yeah. of it for, like, three chapters. And they they try back. to trick you. Um, Kendra is, like, talking about, like, I think there was a betrayer in our midst. Yeah, someone sabotaged. Like, I think it's Hammond. Mm-hmm. Watch out for him. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, Hammond is like, we have a mission, we can't leave. And, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of, he's the hard-ass. Uh, and then he's out of the game for a big chunk of it. So I was expecting, like, oh, he's going to come back and be, like, possessed by an alien or something. But Hammond just gets killed. Hammond get, bites it from fighting a brute. Yeah, very unceremoniously. One and then uh, it pays him up against a wall and then shoves him through glass. And then dabs on him. And yeah. it's very unceremonious. Uh, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, actually, real quick side tangent. The brute enemy, the first time you see it, uh, you're like... It, it, or, or, I don't know if it was the first time you see it, but there's a moment in the game where you're in like... You a see group. it on the bridge. It knocks through a door. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, you hear, like, a door knocking, and you walk mm-hmm. up to it, and it knocks the door down, and then you're fighting it. Cool moment. Uh, but Hammond dies, <laughs> and uh, then you're like, oh my god, it's just me and... Kendra. Kendra. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, shit. And Kendra's like, all right, that's it. Like, we're just leaving. We're not trying to fix anything. We're blah, blah, blah. We're just, we're just going to bail. And you're like, okay. And you go around, and you do whatever she tells you to do. And then this other guy, this scientist kind, comes on, and he's like, you should talk to me. Like, 
definitely talk to me. Okay, come here. And Kendra's like, he might be crazy, but, you know, I guess he is not attacking us. Let's see what he has to say. You go up to him and he's like, uh, all right, I fucked up, but let's get off this planet and take the marker with us and we'll do whatever. He's like, we right. we have to get the marker and we have to put it back on the planet because there's like a hive mind thing. Yeah. And if we can give it back to the hive mind, it'll leave everybody alone. Right. We can just put the marker back there and just wash our hands of this whole situation. Yeah. Never come back here. And good plan. Great plan. I mean, yeah, I, he said it and I was like, hey. This guy's making a lot of sense. Let's uh, <laughs> let's follow this guy's lead. And so you, and then uh, Kendra's like, well, you know, like I don't, I still don't trust him. He might be crazy. Who knows what has happened on the ship? But like, I guess just do what he says for now. So you're doing stuff for him, and uh, then you get the marker on a ship. He lands the ship, and he's like, Isaac, come here. We'll fly away. And you run to him with your arms outstretched, yeah. and you're like. It goes in slow-mo, and you're like... You run through a, a field of dandelions. And he like, he's like, ha, 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 And he has yeah. his arms stretched. And I, this whole time, I was like, all right, something's going to happen to him right here. Like, he's going to get killed by an alien. Because he's out of the ship, and you're like, why isn't he behind glass? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, oh, if I can walk up to him, then I'm definitely not going to be able to interact with him, because uh, that's not how this game works. And then he gets shot in the chest, and he goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then you turn around and, or no, and then the ship just the like ship leaves. The ship just leaves. And you're like, whoa. Did like, wait a minute, what? She ditched me. And at first I was like, oh, okay, so she didn't trust that guy, but we're going to get away or something. But no, the ship just leaves and then it's, uh. She comes over comms and she's like, sorry, Isaac, I've mm-hmm. been a deep cover government agent the yeah. entire time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> And she's like, "Yeah, I uh, just came here for the marker." She's like, "We uh, we've been we've been we knew what these mining guys were doing all along, mm-hmm. and this was all just a sting operation to get the marker. And you fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. It's like fell for what? Fucking idiot! Bye. I, I fell for wanting to get my girlfriend back. What do you yeah, shut right? up? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and she flies away. She's like, "See you around." Or maybe not. And then you, Isaac, you're like, well, I'm fucked. Like, there's nothing to do. And then your beautiful girlfriend appears to you. And she's like, Isaac, come in the room and help me. And she's like, make us whole again, Isaac. Yeah, She just right. keeps saying, make us whole again. Yeah, like, she, she's like very okay. creepy, like cult-like, just like platitudes. It's very weird. Um, but it's great because it's very unsettling. And she's like, so go do this stuff. Move the marker. And so Isaac on his own is like getting no no she's like use the tractor beam to pull what's her name back and so you pull her back and what's her name's like isaac what are you doing she's like you're an idiot and then she's like i escaped on the escape pod fuck you yeah (laughs) how dare you and you bring her back i'm going back to the surface fuck you yeah and you get the you get the marker back though yep and you uh you're like okay i guess we'll go put it on the on the service then cool Mm -hmm. make us whole again right what's cool is like from there it's just like, I, f- I forget what happens after that, but you're just on the surface, you know? Mm-hmm. The the surface, it's cool. It's a planet called Aegis 7, uh, and you land on the planet, and if you look up, you can see the giant uh, piece of the planet that they opened. That they've mined. Yeah. It's literally held up by, like, fucking string. Yeah. It's, it's like It's like a giant... They're, they're gravity tethers. This game is very reminiscent of, like, Alien, 
uh, the movie Alien and uh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon and John Carpenter's The Thing because mm-hmm. it's like this science fiction concept wrapped in like industrial action, like mining or you know space trucking or whatever. So it's yeah. it's it's cool to see science fiction merge around like what to us is a mundane activity like mining um, and emblem emblemized in that mining piece being like tethered to the, to the earth, to the planet. What did you think of the ending sequence of pushing the marker? I was, I was like, dude, like, so you get this marker and it looks like a big, like windy devil horn, like that looks like a dildo. Plug. Yeah. It looks yeah. like a big dildo butt plug. And it's like 12 feet tall and you like move it with your telekinesis powers and you have to raise bridges and move it <laughs> and then the push buttons. It's the slowest ending it, to it's like... for real. Like it's it, so anticlimactic. I mean, it's creepy in the sense that I really felt like I was totally alone. Just like arbitrarily moving this monument to nothingness like along this monument to evil. Like I think thematically... I, it would be fun to sort of analyze what is Dead Space trying to say with this section, but gameplay-wise, it was not that fun. It was an escort mission for a big space butt plug, and I was just like, move, shoot, move, shoot. You shoot enemies, you move the marker. You shoot enemies, you move the marker, and it's yeah. not particularly exciting. But it is worth noting, like, I thought the sense of isolation here was really strong. Okay. And I, I think I feel as though that was intentional, because you're just like alone with your thoughts. Because like Nicole is mm-hmm. there at the beginning, and she's like, "Thank you, Isaac. We'll get this done. Make us whole again. Bye." And then and you she don't disappears. see her for this whole section after yeah. that. Yeah, she like she appears at the beginning. You can like walk up to her, mm-hmm. and like all the and like all the other characters. And we did miss when you walk into like the tractor beam area. Um, you walk in, and she's standing there, and you can walk up to her. And all the monitors turn, like, whenever you walk past them, they turn crazy. Yeah. They get, yeah. like, crazy crazy red text. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh, weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Like, obviously, the implication is, like, Isaac's being controlled or manipulated by the uh, marker. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. They haven't revealed it. We'll see. But it's it's cool to see, like, this whole game is, like, an unraveling of sanity in... From Isaac's perspective, uh, yeah. So it's it's nice, um, and uh, yeah. This, this final part, it, it is cool to just be like left alone with your thoughts as you're moving this marker and shooting enemies. There's nothing to take in than just this big empty area. Um, and I, I think like maybe this game is is a commentary on like blind faith uh, or something like that because mm-hmm. at, at this part you're just pushing this object. And killing people and pushing this object and killing people. And it's not gaining you anything. It's just like, it's, it's like a a metaphor for just living life. Push your religious object of choice along the predetermined path and kill anything that gets in your way. Well, like uh, Isaac isn't religious. He's just like, I got to get this here because somebody told me to, because maybe it'll work and I won't get chased by necromorphs as I try to escape Mm -hmm, because I'll be busy worshiping this monument it's like just being caught in the the uh, the rigmarole of life like it's it's just like a nine it's this section is emblematic of what it's like to go through day-to-day life you know Mm -hmm. it's um i just thought it was boring it is boring that's the thing (laughs) uh but it's i'm just saying i always hated the end of this i think like the other like dead space 2 has such a 
a cool, weird... I mean, it's not cool. It's also kind of dumb. But, you know, it's like... There's more set pieces in 2. Hmm. It has, like, the, the... You've seen the, like, eye poke yeah, yeah. part. And that comes near the end. Right. That's like, one of the most famous moments of that generation. Of yeah, and, like, 3 has absolute insane bonkers shit that I don't want to spoil in case we play it because I was like like I was genuinely shocked when I got to the end of three and was like oh you did this Mm. you guys are fucking insane and I love you and I I was like I can't wait for Dead Space 4 what the fuck are they gonna go from here how are they gonna top this you can't go anywhere else after this game (laughs) Um, and then they never made another one ever again. <laughs> well, for the time, you never know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, the, like you get to the end of this push of the marker. Um, and, uh, and then like Nicole comes out and she's like, thank you. I you made us whole again. We did it. And then you walk into this room, uh, and then it shuts. Uh, and then Kendra is like behind you and she's like, Isaac, thanks for the marker, idiot. I got it back now. Uh, You're fucking crazy. And, uh, you know, have you been watching that full video? Because you found, like, you have, like, a video of Nicole. The first thing you see, the first thing you see at the start of the game is a video message that Nicole sent to Isaac of her being like, Isaac, I miss you. Uh, You know, if only there was some way I could help you. She's like, she's like, uh, she's like, I don't, she's panicking. She's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. It's all going horribly wrong. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how it got like this. Um, and Kendra's like, watch the full video. Don't cut it off. Yeah. And, it, and like, it's implied that, like, you have been watching the whole video. And, and you watch it. It plays several times throughout the game. Yeah. It's not just at the beginning. And it always cuts at, like, the same part. But mm-hmm. you never, like, you never get to the point where you're like, oh, like, you know, I'm not watching the full thing. Like, in right. The way the dialogue is said, it sounds like you got to the end of the video. Mm. Um, so she's like, okay, watch the full thing, dude. And you watch the full thing, and it's a suicide video. Kendra, yep. uh, Kendra. Nicole is uh, panicking um, because she's on this ship, um, and there's necromorphs and people killing each other. And she kills herself so that she doesn't become like a victim mm-hmm. of what is going on. Um, and she's kind of like... I don't know what to do, Isaac. This is my only choice. So I love you. Goodbye. Yeah. As she like injects herself with like a thing that kills herself. Yeah. Um. Uh. So it's the only other time in the game. It's the only time where Isaac emotes in the whole game. He uh he like uh puts his like head uh, in his hand and kind of like is like like sad like emotes that he's sad and then um. Uh, Kendra's just, like, taunting you and being like, yeah, see, you were crazy. Yeah. Um, so, bye. (laughs) Alright, good, I revealed the plot twist again, goodbye. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't played through this game before, and I knew, like, there's no way his girlfriend is, is straightforward alive and I'm going to rescue her. Like, she'll be the final boss, was my thought. Or, like, yeah, like, I thought, like... Her body would be at the center of some like weird nightmarish mess of flesh that I'd have to shoot okay. at, um, or I, or I thought like sh- I would rescue her and then she would die halfway through the game and I would just have to escape. Like it's it's clear like that. 
I mean, not everything is as it seems. You're, in like a traditional horror game, she uh, or a traditional horror story, she would be probably the final girl. Sure, but sure. Isaac is the final girl. So, right. uh, so that was a you know, it's it's nice that late in the game they basically pay off the only story elements that they could pay off. Yeah. So you know, because there's not really a story. I mean, no, yeah. It's it, you know it's it's like you know it's a story it's it's, it's I mean things happen yeah that happens and you go oh <laughs> bummer okay is the game done and then you turn around and you have to walk down a couple hallways and then uh, you get out and then uh, you're like walking towards the ship which I don't know like what the plan was because like Kendra's like bye see ya and like she took all that time to like go through the fucking bridges. Which at this point, like, seismic, seismic shocks are happening on the planet. Right. And, like, it took you, like, a half hour to get over <laughs> here. And she gets there in, like, two seconds. Yeah. I, it's like, I, wait a minute, Kendra, how'd you get so fast? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we killed all the uh, uh, necromorphs morphs on I the mean, way in. At, at this point, uh, everybody is, like, like you, uh, you don't know how crazy you are. So, I don't know, I guess time passed... Yeah, you passed out while you were in that hallway. So, I mean, while maybe she, while she played with the bridges, she was <laughs> you, almost like fucking. I got stuck. You passed. Man, fuck God, I hate these puzzles. Uh, <laughs> I want to play that. Uh, I want to play DLC where you play as Kendra for just that part. <laughs> I mean, maybe um, maybe you could interpret that Kendra's not on the planet at all, and Isaac is just crazy, and he sees. Yeah, I mean, you know, like there's that part in the game where Nicole is on the other side of, like, a walkway. Mm-hmm. She's like, let me work on this computer. Uh, protect me. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to, uh, shoot, you have to shoot necromorphs protecting her. She was never there. I, I, like, I interpret that as, like, Isaac was just seeing things and shooting at nothing. Yeah. And then didn't go into a door that was clearly unlocked. Yeah. Which is interesting. I, I actually thought, like, after that part in particular where... You're, you know, defending um, your girlfriend from getting attacked by necromorphs, but it's clear, like, she's not there. Like, it's it's clear there's some kind of, like... I mean, when I played first playthrough, I thought she was there. I, I, because they talk about, like, dementia and people going crazy and people say, like, uh, like, you know, Kendra was saying, I saw my dead brother. I was in high school. I didn't know fucking anything. No, for sure. I, I was like, well, if they're setting up that people are seeing crazy shit, maybe this is all, like, totally fake. Okay. And I actually thought they were going to go a step further, and it was going to be revealed that everything happening on the ship was an illusion, that there mm-hmm. were no uh, necromorphs at all. And what would Dead just... Space 2 be about, then? Is that what Dead Space 2 is about? No, I, I said, what would Dead Space 2 be about? That's what I... I was like, okay, there's three games. Is this going to... I know that Isaac talked in the other two games, so I was in my head, I was like... That's a big departure from what this game is doing. So at the end of this game, if there's a reveal that all the enemies have been complete illusions this whole time, uh, the second game goes in a totally different direction. Or there's some reveal at the end of this game that all the enemies are illusions and there's the real uh, aliens or something. Like there's Mm, something else going on. No, it's still Necromorphs. Yeah, I I Um, thought it would have been cool if it turned out that everything on the ship that was a horror show was just people going crazy because of something. There were no, like, bio-mutants or anything like that. Yeah, Um, but at the end you get to, 
the beginning. The ship has not taken off yet for some reason. Kendra's still there loading the marker in. Um, and, uh, she like, you like, you're like walking and then like, you like trip. You're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Cause the, uh, cause there's seismic shocks. Uh, and then, uh, Kendra is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and then a, a giant spooky worm comes yeah. out of the ground. Very spooky. Um, and, it, and, uh, I don't even know if she shoots it. But she gets she gets killed here. Yeah, I think she tries to run. I don't think she tries to shoot it, and yeah. it just squishes her with its tentacle. Yeah, She's and like, it's she like, fucking fuck. she gets it, dude. Yeah. Like that thing smashes her, and then picks her up and smashes her and smears her around yeah. like five times. Which at this point, I mean, like no, like you don't know what she is as like a person. She did betray you, so she was more more than willing. Like you're just a dude. Yeah, like, yeah. She could have just been like, "Hey, I'll protect you." Like. To, Fuck, like, I guess you know about the marker, and, like, the government doesn't want people to know about markers. I don't know why. Hmm. I, I, whatever. Um, but, uh, I don't know. She gets it pretty brutal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and then... you fight a big worm with weak points. Final boss. This is the classic mid-2000s underwhelming final boss fight. Yes. This is the classic big dumb shoot at the at the enemy. Win. Shoot at the big glowy weak points. Yes, I, I mean, and to the game's credit, uh, it looks nice. Like it's it's more gameplay. It's not like it's bad. You know, I didn't think I don't think I appreciated this boss fight until there's a video that I think I sent you of Glenn Schofield of war of, of the war stories. Video. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and he talks about. Uh, they had a problem, um, where they didn't know how to, like, animate this cool tentacle that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple points in the game where a tentacle comes out of a wall, and it grabs you, and then Isaac gets, like, thrown on his back, and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then you have to shoot at this tentacle as it's dragging you, and then there are no other parts in the game really like it before, and they didn't really know... What, how to do this, because they were like, we know we want this cool tentacle part, because it's really awesome. Like, you know, when, when you get grabbed, it creates a giant, like, a bunch of other new problems of, like, well, now we have to have animations of, like, the person on their back. Mm-hmm. And what does a person look like when they're on their back? They don't look like a person that's in, like, just walking. Like, they're, like, struggling. They're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that, that, that like, made me appreciate this final boss fight more, because at one point, you get picked up by the tentacle. And I was like, Oh, okay. So that like, you know, they use it like a few times in the game where they, where they're like, okay, like you're gonna get grabbed by this giant thing. And then like, like, I like that, like during that boss fight, like you're like the plasma cutter has like a beam light and like Mm -hmm. all the weapons do. So you're like trying to look in the background to be like, I don't know where I can see this beam light and whatever. And, like, I was like, okay, like, the part where you get grabbed is really cool, but the other parts are boring. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, any criticism for, like, any element of of any game that we play or have played or will play uh, comes with a caveat of, like, game design is really hard, and we're not game designers. Like, that's, I, I, if someone wanted to come up to me and be like, you're criticizing the final boss in Dead Space, uh, fuck you, you have no idea what you're talking about. I would be like, you're right, I, that's just yeah. my thoughts. Like, it took five weeks to program, and then, uh, at the end of it, people all said it sucked. Yeah, fuck right. Fuck you. You're like, I, that would suck. <laughs> like, I understand. I've written, <laughs> written papers before, and then been like, here it is, and then they go, 
fuck you f, f. yeah <laughs> and that's this is yeah. that times a bunch um yeah. but yeah like there there are elements in that final fight that are uh like impressive like you said that the animation is fun uh it's a whole new like giant character model uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a completely different environment from anything else you've seen in the game thus far. It's just like the classic, like, run around, shoot the weak points boss fight. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not, like, it, it didn't uh, wow me. I was like, okay, here's the end of the game. I think the context of the last bosses in 2 and 3 are a little bit more interesting. Sure. So, as the series go on, they, like, try to be like, okay, what if we did this instead? Hmm. So... Okay, well, uh, uh, after this, there is one other thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You beat the boss by shooting it, and then you get on your ship, and you space away. And then uh, the first time you played this, and uh, I would also like to know your thoughts about this time when you played it. What did you think about Isaac having a face reveal? Uh, I was like, oh, now I can see his face. I think if you've beaten the game before... Because I tried this at the beginning and it didn't work. Uh, you can turn the camera to show his face. I think if you've beaten the game, and when you at the very beginning when you're on the ship mm. that's docking into the Ishimura, you can turn the camera to oh, look at his like face in the opening. Yeah, because he's not oh, okay. he's not wearing his helmet. At the yeah, beginning. right, right. Oh, um, and then I and I was like, why can't I move the camera to show his face? And I'm like, is that because I haven't beaten the game? Huh. Because I remember being able to move it to be like, look, there's his face. Looks, Isaac's face. I revealed it before they revealed it at the end of the game. Oh, Aha! Fun. I'm a genius. And I think that's just because I've beaten the game before. Sure. But on this file, you had not done that yeah. before. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I hadn't beaten the game before, so uh, they show Isaac's face. And I was like, oh, that's not something you usually see from a protagonist like look, this. Look, a generic white guy. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. It I've been... never seen that before. Honestly, I wish they wouldn't have shown his face. That's, yeah. why, that's why I bring it up, because it's like... Uh, you keep his face covered the whole time at the and then at the end you're like it's dream it's like okay I don't like it's just I would have preferred that you just I mean, keep it the, in like Halo 4 I think it's 4 they're like removing Chief's armor like piece after piece after Cortana like killed herself Ooh. and sacrificed herself for you and it's like like meaningful because you haven't seen it seen like Master Chief as like a human, mm-hmm. um, like ever. Um, but they never show his face, so yeah. it was still like okay. Like I under like the armor is coming off because it's like he's resting, and mm-hmm. like the armor comes off and it's like chunk because yeah. they uh, his armor literally weighs a ton, mm-hmm. and it's like meaningful. And like here it's just like oh, okay. It's like a breather because you you get to be like. Oh, okay. The, the adventure's like we, we over. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then... But then, Isaac uh, hears, like, he turns a on a vi- Well, first he turns on the video of Nicole mm-hmm. again. And then he turns his head and then to he, the right. Well, no, he turns on the video of Nicole and he shuts it off. And he kind of, like, breathes. And he's like... <sighs> I think it's more of his, like, like okay, I, like, I can't keep watching this. Yeah. yeah she's gone. I have to, I have to accept that. Yeah. yeah. Because... Because I have a new girl, a spooky witch woman that is sitting it's next Nicole. to me. Yeah, he, he turns his head, and it's uh, a scary corpse of Nicole sitting there with no eyes and like a big open scary mouth and like rotting skin. And she goes, Rah! and then the game ends. 
the game could not help but have a jump scare at the very end. Yeah. Which at this point is not it has not had a jump scare. Yeah. Uh, not in a, not in like a cutscene like that. Can I say something dumb? Yes. About the second game. Yes. Uh, that Nicole corpse comes back. I had heard that it does. <laughs> that is like a a character in the second game. I guess they had to do it because I don't need to though. How do you write around that though? <laughs> uh, you just say he hallucinated his girlfriend one more time, and then you leave it. it. I guess that's true. That's it. <laughs> but they very didn't stupid. Do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. They went in a direction with it, so uh, if we ever play the second one, I'll. It's re- on the list. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Like, oh yeah, that is stupid. We'll play it next year. I don't know for Halloween or something. Yeah, uh, or something else to fuck it. Maybe, maybe we're like, still doing the podcast, like Easter or Fourth of July or something. Yeah, um, but we already we went through one, so yeah, I don't know if they're. We still take a long ways to go on our lists of games to do. We'll never run out. Yeah. What do you? What, but what do you? What do you? Final thoughts on Dead Space? Um, I love its science fiction horror. Uh, it's very much the thing. It's very much aliens. It's very much, uh, you know, like it's almost like a. Uh, did you ever play or read? I have no mouth, but I must scream. Yes, we played it on the shareware. Extra live stream, and we're like, sure. this sucks. <laughs> yeah, that game is pretty lame, but I love... It's also broken, and you can't beat it. Yes, that as well. I got stuck. Um, but I like the sort of horror of that game. Like, the premise of that game is, like, technological, like, isolation and horror, and, like, you're a... The characters are, like, hamsters in this little experiment, and I think there's an element of that here with Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like horror that, like dehumanizes people because it makes it's just like an interesting lens to look at things through um and i think the gameplay here is really really fun like basically this game is a really good it's everything you want from a horror game in terms of in terms of merging uh the cosmetic side of things and the technical side of things the gameplay and the uh like uh visuals the audio the graphics the acting Mm -hmm. um so I, i would say if you like Horror games, if you like action games, if you like Bioshock, um, this is definitely a game worth picking up. Yeah, we never talk about the graphics. They look, they look good. Yeah, even, I mean, even this this uh, after over a decade, I still think that this game holds up. Even the facial animations, like when people are like zoomed in, like mm-hmm. really in on your face when they talk to you over comms, it's like, oh, like I can understand their emoting. Well, which a lot of games have problems with. The smart choice that they did with that was when Isaac is talking to people over comms and you're getting your little video, that's a, that's not, I, I don't think that's an in-engine video. I think that was, that's not something mm-hmm. that's like happening uh, at another part of the game. It's like a pre-made little you video. Think it's pre-rendered? I think it's pre-rendered and it's just popping up, even if it's not like a high quality render. It's just like a little... It, it's clearly a, a video file that's just playing in the game's code. Mm. Um, and I think that's smart. Instead of having characters standing in the room talking to you, expositing that all the time. And everybody who does talk to you is like far away. Yeah. They're talking to you like in the game. Right at this so, and, uh But yeah, I still think it looks good. Like the lighting looks pretty good. Oh yeah. Even from, uh, from being this old. Um, the sound is great. Uh, yeah, it's still... Like, technically, a decade later, later, it's, like, better than a lot of other games that come out nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
even something like Control, which is pretty impressive. It's like Control looks very like mechanical. Sure. And this is like mechanical, but still has like organic elements. And even though like the textures don't look great, it's still like I like this ship design. It looks like industrial. Yeah. And like really terrible. You're like, fuck, I don't want to go to sleep on this place. Yeah, the ship environment, like, it just looks like a nightmare. Like, it, it, there's, like, goo and shit on the walls from the aliens, but then the mining equipment is, it looks like a metal rib cage, so it's, yeah, it looks uh, everything like, looks like a rib cage. Yeah, it looks like you're going through, like, a body as you go through the place. Yeah. You know what I really like? Uh, the the area with the, the engine... When you just go through the engine room, it's just a it's just a room, and you're like, oh, and it says like engine room on it, and you're like, okay, and you like open it up, and it's just like a blaring just, oh yeah, and it's like on fire, and it's just like rumbling, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> what is that? I can't hear myself think. Yeah, uh, I, I, there's I, no enemies at that part. It's just a giant thing that's going. Yeah, just the a, entire time. a loud fucking flame constantly. Uh, I shortly, I don't remember if it was before or after that. I think it was after that. Uh, there's a sequence where you have to run down like a big long tunnel in mm-hmm. zero G. So it's like, it's, it's like this big winding tunnel that you can walk uh, in a complete 360 around because you're in zero gravity. And there's like uh, corpses floating everywhere. There's like goo and shit on the walls, but there's also like this industrial... Uh, like fans and obviously like industrial oh, that's metal. At the, end of the game. That's yeah. not this part. <laughs> well, oh, is that way after the engine room? That's that's literally the end of the game. Okay, well that they, part they tell you you have to turn on the fucking bridges again. Go repair yeah, them. That's what it was. Yeah, that part's awesome. Um, that's like the perfect, like surreal nightmare, um, survival horror element. Like everything that is great about the game comes together at that part. Yeah, um, and, and it's just so awesome to have this. Uh, horrific science fiction uh, imagery as you're like walking through this huge winding like metal organic pipe it's it's very uh, unique like that is is like art right yeah. there that's fucking awesome yeah I like Dead Space a lot going through it again like 14 years later I was like wow this game holds up beautifully mm-hmm. way more than I thought it would um, obviously I had played it, like, a few times, and I have nostalgia for it, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, but, I mean, it's being remade, so, you know, um, I think there's some level of, of, uh, of reverence for it and legacy. Um, and I, I really do feel like it should have been given its due way earlier than, than when it's being remade, um... Uh, it, it's, (laughs) I don't like saying it deserves it because deserves is a stupid (laughs) concept. Um, but you know, like, I'm like, I I don't know. I I feel like this game didn't get its, get its due when it came out. Um, it did reviews wise, but sales wise. And now I think like in the era where like Twitch streaming and YouTuber, YouTubing like Let's Plays, are around. Um, I, I think that this game will hopefully get its due again. Hopefully, streamers will get spooked by it and haven't just been like jaded by 
stuff like Five Nights at Freddy's or mm. Amnesia or even like Resident Evil 7 and 8 and are just like, whatever, and it's fucking baby game for babies now. So I, 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 don't I don't know. I think this game would still, if you're not scared by it, it's still like very violent and disgusting um, in a, with like its gore where I, I think yeah. it still is like definitely a hard R game <laughs> yeah so i mean we'll see i i i really hope that it gets some love when the when re- the re-release comes out i'm curious to what people say with like videos about it and whatnot yeah 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 um, well uh i i think it's worth playing i think we're in agreement yeah i i would recommend it would you recommend it ryan i would recommend it if you like horror if you like science fiction if you like third person shooters i would recommend it yeah you got a month before uh the remake comes out so Mm -hmm. you could play through this in eight ten hours yeah this is a weekend uh killer for sure um the only other thing i wanted to touch on was i think we got an email about dead space yeah we did oh my gosh yeah you said we got an email yeah, we got an email. Uh, this is an email from Austin. Uh, you know, he's he's a good guy. He's a listener. So uh, Austin says, uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit, but uh, Austin was bringing up something that we, that you mentioned uh, slightly earlier in the game. He was saying, uh, or slightly earlier in the discussion. We watched the same videos, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, I was, I was just wondering if you guys know about the scene where Isaac gets dragged on the hall with a tentacle and how that scene nearly got the game canceled. Apparently, for whatever reason, animating that scene alone nearly used the budget for the whole game and almost got it canceled, but the director refused to remove it. And uh, I think you had briefly mentioned that as we were talking about the final boss fight, right? Yes. Uh, I think we watched the same video, uh, Austin, the Ars Technica War Stories video go watch the war stories video if i can recommend if you don't play dead space just watch the war stories their uh developers take a problem and then they talk about how they solved it i mean um, but that, uh, but that was that's like really that's interesting that, that was like one of the most interesting things i didn't know anything about that i was like this must have been easy to animate but you know as i said you got to be like okay how do you animate somebody falling on their back and then getting dragged mm-hmm. how do we do that and how do you make it so that like somebody who's then getting dragged how do you get them to aim are they just gonna like aim like normally like is it gonna be slower is it gonna be faster like what are we gonna do um and yeah that hearing that story i was like oh shit game development is hard it's insane yeah that something is that it like you think of an animation for a particular scene as like a secondary thing like oh yeah the, the main thing is the game right like that's the most important thing uh but then this one scene can completely like almost tank the game like you know game game design coding a game uh implementing technical aspects into a game it's like it's like a jenga tower where you're trying to simultaneously pull off pieces and then add new pieces into those empty slots, and you're just hoping the whole thing doesn't collapse. Well, and like you know, you have a you have something like this where clearly, like Glenn Schofield was like, "Hey, I want this here," because um, uh, uh, if you watched videos with him, he's like, "I'm an artist," mm-hmm. you know, like he's not a game developer; mm-hmm. he doesn't code. Um, and like a, a game develop, uh, like a game developer, like a coder, 
might not have this idea because they're like, well, that seems like a bitch to code. Um, an artist might not have that idea, like a modeler, because they're like, I don't want to animate this one scene. It's only used twice, the tentacle grab. Yeah. Um, and then they use, I imagine they recycle that animation for when you get grabbed by the hive mind at the end of the game. Um, but not exactly. I'm sure that there's some more unique elements right. to that to that tentacle. Um, but it's like, yeah, how the fuck do you go about animating this? It doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really seem like it's worth it uh, from like a budgetary point of view. And like that, that just that happens with like every game. If like I was playing through God of War, and I was like. There are a billion animations for, like, you killing enemies, like, just of, like, pressing uh, in the right trigger and, like, doing a one-hit kill animation, like the Doom, like, glory kill. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, like, they're all, they're, like, specific ones for, like, each weapon and, like, each monster. Um, actually, there's not. There's, like, some of them that are, like, this one is only going to be... This is the only one that you're going to use on this monster. And my thought process is probably like... Yeah, because they thought... If I try to use these with the chains... <laughs> or like the, the axe... Like multiple different weapons... They're like... Fuck that. We're not making a second it's one. It's a lot of animation yeah, work. And, yeah. and it's even like the same animations... From the first game to the second game. Oh. So I think they were just like... Fuck it. Just reuse it. And I saw people complaining about like reusing animations like in video games i think it was for like earlier this year with horizon uh forbidden west on twitter the the twitter main character of the game uh, twitter main character of the day was like complaining <laughs> about like uh how come this this animation in horizon forbidden west where she's grappling down from a point is the same as the first game and like a developer came on and was like uh because we had it and if we fucking made a new one, it would take way too fucking long. Yeah. Why would we do that? Well, I imagine that's like the benefit of doing a sequel to a game is you already have a bunch of elements from the mm -hmm. first game that you can just carry over. Minimal tweaking or no tweaking. And then you build a whole new game on top of those pre-existing yeah. elements. So that's why sequels can be even bigger and better. You know, like it's... That's why... Games don't really have a lot of, like, unique set pieces because making just one scene mm -hmm. that people are going to maybe see once yeah. is just not worth it. Yeah, it's very interesting, the dichotomy of games where you have to put all this time and effort to finesse everything just for the player to completely bypass it, you know? Yeah. Because it's like in a movie, uh, everything that you put in the movie, you know the viewer is going to watch because they're watching the movie like it's designing a game is like designing a dvd with dvd extras and bonus menus like knowing that the person might only watch the main film like a, a, that, that's a stupid comparison <laughs> but I mean, it's not i mean i remember like on the prisoner of azkaban dvd there were like games yeah right and it was like who is gonna play games on the pri me the prisoner <laughs> yeah. of azkaban dvd right like, what the fuck well that was before you could have your internet or your smartphone with you anywhere you went. So, yeah, you anything to have any kind of interactivity. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just like games are a very weird medium because you have to make it perfect. But anytime you try to change something, you risk 
completely breaking out. Yeah, it's it's insane. All the, I mean, that's 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 there's, there's so many games where you can look up their development story, and it always comes down to like, so the game was ninety percent done, and then they tried to change the color of one character's shirt, and the entire game was broken. But if they changed the <laughs> bottom of the character's left shoe to blue instead of purple then the entire game was fixed. So if you break the game's code and go under and see the blue shoe or the purple shoe, that's no. how you know that they did that game-fixing bug. It's just like this, this insanity they had to do. I'll send you the um, the speed run of Dead Space, the first Dead Space. Mm. This game is so fucking broken. Yeah. You look at this game and it's like <laughs> running... I, it, like, it looks like it's running on fucking string. Wow. Like, the... the, the like games done quick speed run of this they're like zero g shouldn't be in this game it completely breaks the game they're like <laughs> watch this they're like zero g makes it so that we can jump to any point in this room and touch it wherever we want we're going to go to this the, to this pixel over here okay we're out of the game now we're we're going to go to the last level wow it's like that's crazy what the fuck so that that's that's like Again, that's like, as a game designer, you just have to hope that the player doesn't experience anything like that when they play the final product of the game, you know? But that's, and then it's crazy too, like you're talking about that game-breaking bug, or not that game-breaking bug, but like how you can get out of the game in the zero-g section. Mm -hmm. There's a whole subculture of gaming for like breaking games and like finding the flaws. Like it's, (laughs) it's insane The it creates this whole like mentality of like look at what they missed or like look at this thing that we can show you you know yeah that's like like you go to discords of like people of speedrunning communities and they're just like hey uh i found this thing where i can now like double jump when i couldn't double jump and they're like what <laughs> they're just changes like, you everything need to, no you need to tell us right the fuck now how yeah. you did that and it's it's crazy too to think like you could just hack the game to get a double jump like i mean not that it's easy to hack games I mean, not but, always but it's so. it's like if like why is it valuable to break the game within the confines it's of, cool i know but it's like if you really want to just break the game just like Get the software to no, to like break the game. It's more fun to fucking show the developers that your game's a hack. <laughs> You'd be like, "Fuck you!" I get it. I'm just kidding. Within the the confines of what they put out, it's. I mean, it's just interesting. It, it's like, why does it matter if you can break the game when you can just break the game like with independent like game editing tools and ripping software? Yeah, I think what? there's stuff with like the land the line gun mine where you can like. Because you get downed by it, you can, like, hit yourself out of bounds by, like, downing yourself with the mine. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. That's weird. I mean, the Dead Space is not functionally broken. It just seems like there's a lot of, like, cracks that you can exploit. That's, like, most games. Mass Effect 2 is also a game that, like, has a lot of stupid shit in it. It's really funny. Yeah. People are, like... Yeah, charge is fucked. If you use that ability, it's great. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is awesome. Watch Games Done Quick. They're fun. Yeah, I'll watch Games Done Quick and War Journal for Dead Space. War Stories? War Stories for Dead Space. Anyway, we should end this. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, what are we playing next? Uh, uh, we're playing Metroid. Right.
going from this state-of-the-art game. 15-year-old game, state-of-the-art, yeah. And then uh, and then going to classic 2D side-scrolling action. I bet Metroid. you could I bet you could draw a straight line from Metroid to Dead Space as far as like influence oh, goes. Oh, sure. Metroid is the prototypical Dead Space. Mhm. Uh, but yeah, those these will pair well together, I think. Yeah. So, um, Metroid next. Yeah. Uh, by the time you hear this, I guess I'll have like my thing up, my guide up. I shouldn't say thing. My guide up for the for the Death Knight over up on, uh, on hard drive. So if you want to, got the Death Knight for Hearthstone. Jesus Christ, not the Death Knight <laughs> for World of Warcraft. Yeah, um, that, that guide. Yeah. So if you want to read that. But I mean, it's going to be like, we're recording this earlier in the week, and that expansion came out yesterday, so people are going to be like, I already know what to do. Well, that uh, well, if you don't. That doesn't mean the guide's going away, just because they know what to do. It yeah. And figure out how to play as a Death Knight in Hearthstone. Um, do you, have, you don't have anything to No, I don't have anything to plug. I just hope everyone is having, I hope you're having a great day if you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, otherwise... Uh, follow us on social media, everybody, on, on, um, discount Elon Musk's Twitter, I mean, real Elon Musk, uh, TM, real Elon Musk, uh, on, at, uh, infinite pixels, or no, podcast underscore pixels, uh, and then email us like Austin did. Mm-hmm. At infinitepixelspodcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ironheart one one eight three, and fire follow Ryan on Twitter at s k r y d l y. Nice, yeah. Okay, Jesus. I this feel like this... I'm gonna have a heart attack every time I say that. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast that's supposed to go quick. Just the promotions. No, 